What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB here for another uh, rendition of the Coach JB Show. Appreciate everybody joining me. Make sure you head on over to CoachJBStore.com, 20% off all the way through January 1st, New Year's Day. Uh, 20% off. Go check it out. Go get you some. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. We do it all. CoachJBStore.com. Uh, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V and CanadaDipsCBD.com. Get you some CanadaDips and use the t- promo code CoachJB and get you twenty percent off as well. Uh, wake up with me this morning. Steve Kim, the Korean coach, Cell will be joining me. Matt McChesney will join me. We're gonna get into uh, all things Kyler Murray. Is he hurt? Is he injured? Or is his feelings just hurt that he is just that shitty? We're gonna break all that down. Plus, Lincoln Riley, my take uh, on him and his so-called Heisman guru. And we're gonna break down Dak Prescott. Is he going to cost the Cowboys another wasted season? All that in a bag of chips. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Uh, we're going to get into it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Make sure you guys hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. If you're not spending $1.99 a month on this show, what are you spending it on? Head on over to CoachABStore.com. I'll see you on the other side. about this right here who that motherfucker right there was spinning it back in the day alan hey my left hand should be slapping the wall though that's bad mechanics right there uh, i think i had like a d tackle wrapped around my legs by the way but we don't want to show that picture but you know ball is completed on time i'm pretty sure uh that was back in the day right there dog you know what i mean nobody could talk about that um make sure you guys head on over to coachjbstore.com 20 percent off we got it all Short, fat, skinny, and tall. We got all the merch, plus the bitch-made cat hats. You guys need those for a lot of different people, I'm sure. Plus, we got the bitch-made cat hat uh, shirts, too. Make sure you get some. We got it all, though. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. I got the polos, gray, white, last chance Q. We got the Coach JB, and we got the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Plus, there's some slapdick merch on there. If you guys want to grab some slapdick merch, grab some. Uh, lots to get into today. Um, Steve Kim will join me later on. We're going to break down all things Baker. Dak Prescott, is Dak going to cost the Cowboys another wasted year? Uh, I think he is, but we're going to break it down. Colt McCoy uh, looked good at times, and then he looked like he only gets half the reps at times because he threw a lot of errant passes last night. But you know what? When he throws the ball on time, they look way better than they do with Kyler Murray. I'm just going to be honest. And again, another non-contact soft tissue injury. But what do I know? Is it weed? Is it video games? I mean, what the fuck is it? We're just falling down making cuts at an all-time high. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. But we're going to dive into all those things. First of all, let me get you quote of the day started off. If you focus on the hurt, you will continue to suffer. If you focus on the lesson, you will continue to grow. 
Let that sink in. A lot of us always talk about how he fucked me over, how she fucked me over, how like this, that, near third happened. Man, fuck that. Quit focusing on the hurt or the injured or the feelings you have suffered from. You're going to continue to suffer. Get over it. Focus on the lesson and you will grow. Hey, dog, take from it and learn. Don't take from it and die. God damn, it don't make no sense. Fuck it. Why are you giving them the gratification to fuck with your mind, your brain? Fucking, why would you allow them to know they hurt you? Fuck that. Move on and learn from it. Uh, poll question. Is Kyler Murray done? Is Kyler Murray done? I think he's done. I think something's going to give, and I believe he's going to go into Major League Baseball some type of way. I think his football career is done, my personal opinion, but who knows, especially if he has a torn ACL. We're going to find that out today, I'm sure. Drop your comments below. Is Kyler Murray done? Um, Contrary to belief, brought to you by Canadip CBD. Make sure you head on over to CanadipCBD.com and use the promo code COACHJB. Contrary to belief, be the reason someone feels welcomed seen, heard, valued, loved, supported, instead of being the reason someone has to talk shit. Contrary to belief. Be that guy. How many of the other guys do you know? How many of the other guys do you know that you have a reason to talk shit about that person because he gave you a fucking sour taste? Don't be that guy. Be the guy... No, no, Mike Leach just died, dog. Oh, my goodness, dog. Oh. Oh, that's rough. Oh, that's rough. Um, First of all, Mike Leach is spelled... L-E-A-C-H. Yeah, that's fucked up. Ah, that's fucked up. Fucked up situation, man. Mike Leach, great dude. Uh, Had a lot of dealings with Mike Leach. Uh, He took my good friend, or my good player, Calvin Jackson, from me. uh, Another safety, Chad. He's taken a few players from me at Texas Tech way back in the day. I've got to bullshit with them quite a bit of times. Um, lost a great one, man. I, that's why yesterday's quote was uh, was one to uh, live by. Yesterday's quote, man, was, you know, live while you're here. We got all the time in the world to be dead. Um, live while you're here in the moment. Live life because we got a long, 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 long time to be dead, dog. Um Unfortunately, Coach Leach is starting that process. He uh, He's truly going to be missed. This is going to be crazy without him uh, in football. Shout, uh, shout out to his family, uh, his wife, Sharon, that has to deal with this during Christmas. Um, unfortunate, man. It's kind of shitty deal. But, you know, we lose cats like this every day. And no one knows because they're not famous or they're not popular. Or they're not in the limelight. Um, 
Sean Salisbury is really, really good friends with him. He was taking it pretty hard yesterday, and his brother and, and him are like best friends. Um, so, you know, um, it's unfortunate, unfortunate. Um, yeah, kind of fucked up, man. Uh, maybe this shit was true. I, I, I don't know. There was... I got a couple things yesterday that uh, that I was told not to leak, and it was already saying that he had passed away. So I don't know if that was true or not, man. Um, and maybe they just released it. I I've heard a bunch of different things, man. That they may have even pulled the plug because he uh, he had gone brain dead. Oh man, what a fucking horrible deal. That I mean, to be honest, in the coaching profession, it is a very very uh, eerie feeling it's almost similar to losing kobe uh the day kobe passed in that january right before COVID hit uh i was sitting right here at the house as well and that was kind of an eerie feeling this is the same way in the professional football coaching uh is probably how the nba feels about kobe uh very similar um very similar situation uh, very sad and somber times around Christmas, especially, man. And I'm just going to tell you, that's why I say live life to the fullest, because we're going to have all the time in the world to be dead. So live life uh, every day. That's the cold part about it, man. Uh, you know, folks will just keep moving on. It is what it is. You got to move on, uh, especially, you know, people. The thing about it is, look, like I said, I've had a lot of inter interaction with Mike. Great dude. I sent him about five kids over my career coaching. Uh, he's done right by all five of them. Um, the issue is, you know, a lot of folks, we just move on and keep coaching and keep doing our thing. There's a lot of things that people don't understand, though. A lot of these cats, uh, a lot of cats pass away every day. We only talk about the famous ones and the popular ones. So make sure you tell your your, your people, your loved ones, dog, go see them. Because you never know when the last one's here. He was at practice Saturday, by the way. He was at practice Saturday getting ready for a bowl game and doing recruiting shit at home. And um, and now he's he's gone a matter of three days later. So just throwing that out there, man. Um Yeah, um, unfortunate. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, let me get back to the contrary to belief. Uh, kind of fucked up. So listen, be the reason someone feels welcome, seen, heard, valued, loved, supported, instead of being the guy someone has time to talk shit about. Don't be that guy. Uh, if it won't matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. If it won't matter to you in five years' time, why the fuck are you going to waste your time on worrying about it? Think about it. A lot of people don't think about it like that. Um, just telling you. Uh, you know, and, and the other one is, man, <laughs> this one right here. Never cry for someone who hurt you. Never cry for someone who hurt you. Like, 
you're allowing them to have gratification over you. Don't let them hurt. Let, don't let them see it. Never cry for someone who hurts you um, or hurt you in the past. Just smile and say, thanks for giving me a chance to find a new motherfucker better than you. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Thank their ass for allowing me to find someone better than your ass. Contrary to belief, that's how I look at it. Uh, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, appreciate everybody. Um, the pirate, rest in peace. Uh, yep, situation, man. It's always it's fucked up. Huh, fucked up. Uh, Happened this morning right here on the Coach JB Show, unfortunately, that he has passed away. Uh, Mike Leeds, man, the pirate. Um, sad times, man. Um, yep. Unfortunate situation. Um. He hated the portal. <laughs> I tell you that much. He hated the fucking portal. Uh, rest in peace, uh, big dog. Um, we're going to break this down. Kyler Murray, is he injured or is he hurt? Or is his feelings just hurt? We're going to come out. The ACL report's going to come out here today. Uh, you know, it just looks kind of shitty when he was got on the cart. He really had no emotion whatsoever. Everything looks fake about him. I'm not saying the injury's fake. I'm just saying everything looks like it. it's not a big deal. And I don't believe the team really gives a fuck about him either. And I think they rally around Colt McCoy over Kyler Murray. Um, and then he took the towel off his head and you saw that he was like fake again. It, if you don't know what I mean, you just don't know what I mean. Coaches and ex-players and ex-coaches won't understand what I mean. He just don't have that uh, feeling that you get for somebody that you really fucking want to root for. He just ain't that guy. He took his hat, his, his Texas fucking towel off, and then he does a bullshit wave. Like, it looked fake. Like, he doesn't want to be there. He don't give a fuck. And the players could sh clearly see it as well. And I think the play I don't think the players give a fuck about him. I'll be honest with you. I think they care about Colt McCoy more than uh than than that guy. So just my opinion. Uh yeah, I think he's a fucking shitbird, by the way. Which we're gonna get into all of Lincoln Riley's shitbird quarterbacks here today. We're gonna break that down. I was on Whitlock yesterday talking about it and uh Everybody talks about Lincoln Riley's the quarterback guru and the whisperer. Well, guess what? Caleb, he recruited, but didn't even want. He wanted the kid that ended up going to Georgia. And he took Caleb. So this is his first true Heisman that he got out of high school. Everyone else was inherited, by the way. But nobody wants to talk about that. And then why, when they leave Lincoln Riley, are they absolute shitbirds? Jalen Hurts is the only one, but he only was there with him the least amount of time. Came from Alabama, a very structured program, so I, I would expect Jalen to have a little more common courtesy. These other ones, all been shitbird. Baker, Kyler, Caleb, 
Shitbird, shitbird, shitbird. And we can argue Spencer Rattler might be the biggest shitbird. All Lincoln Riley guys that he has touched in some fat type of fashion. But everyone wants to talk about he's got three three MVP, three uh, Heisman winners. Well, been very fortunate to be at a place like Oklahoma and inherited those guys when they could have stayed at other programs, by the way. And I'm pretty positive, and I guarantee you, stop with the narrative that Jalen Hurts needed Oklahoma to get drafted. No, he fucking did not. He played at Alabama. He won at Alabama. He started multiple years at Alabama. He was being drafted. Sorry. Go ask NFL scouts or college or foot or NFL play coaches. Jalen was going to be drafted regardless. Stop the bullshit narrative that he had to go to Oklahoma. No, he didn't. He got his job snatched. When players don't do well, guess what happens? Your job gets taken. Tua replaced him. Jalen moved on. And it worked out for both. But don't sit here and tell me that he is sour and he's mad. and all. No, he didn't do well. Tua came in and won a natty. What do you fucking want from Saban? He made a decision. Tua came in, gave him a spark. They were down, won the game. Jalen transfers. The rest is history. But let me make no mistake about it. The percentages of these type of stories leaving programs and succeeding in other ones is very, very far and few between. There are very, very low percentage of guys who leave and succeed compared to leave and stay in the portal and never, ever, ever, ever be heard of again. Please stop mentioning the fucking three or four guys that have success stories compared to the thousands of guys that don't. <sighs> Two is not elite. <laughs> Damien Kites. Two is not elite. So what is your point? Like, you motherfuckers really are dumb. You're not very smart, dog. And then you say Tua is not elite. So Tua took Jalen Hurts' job in a natty, won a game in the college. So what does that tell you? Does that not stick to everything that I say? That I don't believe Jalen Hurts is that guy either? So Tua took his spot, and Tua is not elite. No shit, I've said it, dumb fuck. It, it, it goes exactly with what I say every day. I don't believe either one of them is very good. So what the fuck is your point? <laughs> what is your point? Let's hear your point. Fucking, uh, what's your name again? Damien Kites. Let's hear your point now. So many motherfuckers just talk. It's unbelievable. I believe... It's I correlate the dumb fucks in America with the soft tissue injuries that we're seeing on an everyday basis. We're seeing soft tissue injuries, non-contact. Kyler Murray last night, how many have we seen all year long? 
How many have we seen the last few years? I correlate that and associate that with the dumb people in America, like Damien Kites. I think those two things should be looked into. Soft tissue injury by yourself falling down. Dumb fucking idiots who talk out their ass. I think both have something to do with weed. I think they're lacing your shit. And I think the same shit they're lacing your weed with, dumb people, is what they're putting in fucking Taco Bell. And that is why we are dumber than ever, softer than ever, and more pussy than ever. So whatever they're putting in the weed and Taco Bell is what Damien Kites and everybody else across America, fucking Kyler Murray, suffer from. You want to play video games, look at TV, get dumber, and go eat Taco Bell and just be totally fucked. That's my new fucking conspiracy. I'm sticking with it. Good luck. Josh Fedder is in the house. But what do I know, homie? But what do I know? Make sure you guys head on over to CoachJBStore.com. 20% off until January 1st. Go get you some. CoachJBStore.com. Kyler Murray, I don't know what's up with him, dog. If he doesn't have an ACL injury and he came off that field last night looking soft as fuck. Um... All right, Cameron. I already Cam. You already know, Cam. I know what the fuck I'm I'm doing. You already know. I'm I'm. You already know. I'm telling you, this is real talk. It might be funny and talking shit about Taco Bell and stuff, but you know it's real. Motherfuckers get loaded. Go eat Taco Bell. Every hood cat you know, I know. Where do they go after they get fucking loaded off some weed? Taco Bell. They go to Taco Bell, and you already know the shit that's in Taco Bell is making us dumb as fuck. So, just telling you, uh, just being, just keeping it real. Nobody wants to talk about that shit. And, you know, cats talk about that and get canceled around this motherfucker, man. Uh, Kyler Murray, man, when he took off his towel last night, he looked very, very fake. I'm just being honest. He looked very, very fake. Uh, I don't know what you thought. I don't know how you, what you thought about it. He looked very fake to me. Did he not look fake to you? Uh, I think he looked fake. Like it looked kind of, it looked kind of, looked kind of fake, dog. I'm just being honest. I want to show the video. I want to see the video if I can find it real quick. I want to see what he looked like. Uh, let's share the screen real quick. Here we go. Here we go. Kyler Murray scrambles outside, makes one cut right there. Um, I don't know what it, what it is, but let's get into it. Let's see. Here he goes real close up, makes one little cut right there. 
And I don't see where it would be. Like, I didn't see a hard. I don't see a buckle. I don't see the knee get really jabbed inside where the ACL is. But here we go. Let's see this. Like, I want all the sympathy. I want everything. I want all the... Man, fuck that. Look at these guys. They don't want to touch him. Look at these guys. They don't even want to touch that motherfucker. They don't even want to touch him. I wanted to see the video where he takes his fucking towel off. That is the one I'm looking for. But anyway, what do I know? I don't think the players like the motherfucker. That's just being real. Um, that's just being real. That's what I, I'm telling you. He looked like a little kid, dog. I'm telling you. Cliff Kingsbury's done. And I got it. I have something to say to Cliff. Cliffy, baby. As Lucy calls him. He's the play caller. Primary play caller. He installs the offense. He runs the offense as the head coach. You can't be pissed at Colt McCoy and cuss him out yesterday like he did, which he didn't cuss him out in his face. He cussed him out on the sideline while Colt McCoy's on the field still. He's pissed at Colt McCoy for missing that fourth and one or two yard line when they ran a little boot naked pass in the flat to the tight end who, who, who Judon gets a hand on or whoever it was in the flat. Great play by the Patriot defensive uh, or the linebacker, but he's motherfucking Colt McCoy. The guy who sees very limited reps during the week, a guy who's come in and out of the lineup because your fucking prima donna $250 million quarterback can't read a fucking pass, uh, 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 can't read a hot, can't sight adjust, can't understand or adjust the mic in, on, on, on ID in the front, don't understand coverage, wants to scramble instead of stay in the fucking pocket because he's a middle midget and he can't fucking see over the O-line. So having said all that, you're mad that he misses a fucking flat throw that was deflected lovely by the backer for the Patriots, and you're pissed at him. You called the fucking plays, homie. You call the plays. Alan, you played for me. If I call a shitty play that did not work, unless... We had a guy that just blatantly did not do what the play designed to do. But if the play didn't work, I am either quiet with some humility or I'm like, okay, what do you see? Shitty call. I'll own up to it. Cliff's blaming Colt McCoy, dog. You designed the fucking play, homie. Colt McCoy didn't. So I just don't understand this rationale by this guy. That tells me that he's fucking imploding at the seams. He's coming apart. I think he'll be fired either before or right at the season's end. That's just what I think. Yeah, North Texas is open right now, but... um, I don't know. I, I don't think North Texas can wait that long, Alan, because they're going to lose recruits. Recruiting's right now. North Texas, I hear, is going to make a hire this week before the week's out. That's what I've heard. So I'm going to get into that actually uh, here in a minute. I got a big old breakdown on coaching. Uh, I'm going to break that down here in a minute. 
Lakers can't get rid of Russell Westbrook. Nobody seems to want him. The Bulls and the Lakers have been in discussions to trade Russell Westbrook to Chicago for Vukovic and DeMar DeRozan. The, the Bulls would get Westbrook and, and some picks, and I believe uh, Walker and someone else. I would do it. I would take that in a heartbeat. I think the Lakers become a more well-rounded team. They can play defense now. Vukovic with AD in the middle, uh, I think, is is a one-two bang-out post play. That's similar to what my Minnesota has. And then you go get a couple shooters at free agency, and the Lakers can be right back in this mix. When you have Vukovic, DeRozan, LeBron, and AD, I think you can be uh, very formidable. But currently how the Lakers are assembled, contrary to Eddie Manningweather's belief, the Lakers are shitty. They have no, no shooting, no defense. They are shitty. Coach Beard, Texas basketball coach, suspended without pay until further notice. He's got three felony counts of domestic violence. I don't know what the story is. I haven't heard if it was his wife, if it was a family member, what it was. I don't know. How do you... I'm curious. I'm curious on this, Alan. How do you get a guy that's done this at a four-year level, big-time program, making millions and millions of dollars, how do you get him back as the head coach and then have to coach kids and preach to them every day, do right, don't treat women bad, don't call women the B-word, don't do this? How can an administration keep that guy But blackball someone like myself because you saw a Netflix show. (laughs) I'm just saying, dog. I'm just asking a question here, homie. I'm just asking a question. Let's be honest. I'm just asking a question. Um... Yeah, you shouldn't be putting hands on people, but I don't give a fuck how many hands a woman puts on me. I'm not hitting her. Sorry. Only time I'm ever going to have to hit a woman is if she has a gun to my daughter's head or myself. Other than that, my mom or something like that. Other than that, though, there's no other scenario where a man should ever touch a woman. Ever. You're a bitch-made cat. Sorry. You're a bitch-made cat. (laughs) He choked and bit his fiance. You got to be shitting me. Oh. I don't know if a woman is weak, Isaac Lords. That's a little uh a little harsh there. I believe women are probably more stronger willed and stronger minded than most men in the world, by the way. I would love for you to shoot out a baby out your pee hole, Isaac Lords. I would love for you to fucking shoot a baby out your pee hole, motherfucker, and tell me that women are weak. 
I would love for you to give have a 11 pound baby out of a vagina that only opens up so wide. I want to see that, Isaac Lords, and then I want to see you call women weak. <laughs> oh my God, man. Um, Kyler Murray 0 and 3 since the new Call of Duty came out. Yeah. Um, women aren't physically weak. Women are just biomechanically not up to a man's structure, stature, physicality, <gasps> muscular stature. Like, dog, it's just not made that way. So I don't know why men hit women. It just makes no sense to me. If you haven't known, uh, Mike Leach passed away this morning. If you didn't hear, uh, unfortunate, 61 years old, great, great coach, great man. Uh, 61, man, was just in the office, just at the practice facility, just at practice Saturday, this past Saturday, getting ready for a bowl. Uh, unfortunate thing. Shots out. Prayers go out to Mike Leach and his wife, Sharon, his family. Uh, unfortunate situation, man. Um the NBA is renaming MVP award after Michael Jordan. And then all the awards are getting renamed. I don't know if Kobe's getting one or not, but remember we give out awards for everything. Now, every single motherfucker, do we give an award out for the participation trophy? Are we going to start giving away awards for load management? Is Kawhi Leonard going to be the MVP of load management? Then the, then the Clippers come out last night Kawhi and Paul George dropped 51 and beat the shit out of the Celtics. See, if I was a fan for the Clippers, I'd be livid. I would be pissed at the, at the Clippers organization for not allowing this guy to play more often. And now we don't get to see him all the time. And when we do, we get our dick teased because we're like, damn, this is what the Clippers can be. But they'll never play enough together, so there's no continuity. So the Clippers will never win a championship because you always have Clipperisms. Like my boy Marcellus Wiley does his Wileyisms. He's a Clipper fan, by the way. Clipperisms, they exist. They always clipper. They're always going to clip themselves. The, the Clippers will always be the JV team. Even if they beat the Lakers 10 out of 11 times, who gives a fuck? Have they beat them in the playoffs? Have they won a title? <laughs> Have the Clippers even been to the Western Conference Finals? No, no, and no. You're the JV team, motherfucker. Just like the Chargers are the JV team in L.A. to the Rams. Because you don't belong in L.A. You're never going to win here. You should have never left San Diego. We have too many JV teams here already. Then I got to deal with JV coaches on Twitter who come after me. And then Lucy has to blast them and then start the whole thing up on Twitter. So shout out to Lucy for starting the whole thing up on Twitter for the JV coach. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The Clippers went to the Western Conference Finals finally. Um, I, I meant the finals. Sorry. They still have yet to beat. They've yet to go to a finals. Uh, they, may, they finally made the Western Conference finals and got shellacked. 
but they have never made the finals. So I love when people rush out to tell me, we went to the finals in 2021. We went. <laughs> and I love when you're, you're bragging about going to the Western Conference finals for the first time in your history of your fucking franchise, and you still lost. Like, I would not be bragging about that, bro. I'm not going to say, no, you're wrong. We went to the Western Conference Finals in 2021 and got blown out. But guess what? <laughs> oh, man. It's funny. It's funny. Uh... Alabama lands five-star edge rusher Keon Keeley, another five-star pass rusher. If you notice what Nick Saban picks and chooses when he gets five stars, he goes after guys like, what's the kid's name that's that won all the awards on defense? Uh, Will, uh, who is that? Will Smith? What's his name? Who's the who's the pass rusher for the for the Alabama? Will whatever. He goes after guys that make differences. He don't act necessarily go get the five-star wide receiver because they'll come. You'll get those guys. Now with this fucking portal out of control, you'll get all that shit. He goes after difference makers, guys that you can't block. Go just look at how his recruiting compared to others. It's like right now, Dion, he's going after skill guys. Have you noticed? Because skill guys make a splash commercially. Skill guys are, oh, we got the wide out, got the running back, we got the quarterback. Nobody talks about the five-star pass rusher that ends up winning you natties. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about the five-star wide out. Guess where the five-star wide out will be next year? In the transfer portal. Because he won't get enough catches, and he's going to be a bitch-made cat. He's going to transfer. That is where the five-star wide out will be fuck wide outs they're a dime a dozen they fall off trees if you build programs go get o-line and d-line i hope dion understands this skill players are only going to do so well give me all the five-star o-linemen and d-linemen i will take walk on white kids at wide receiver and win will i not Promise you I will. Big 10 is going to do away with divisions in 2024. Uh, if you didn't know that, uh, they're going to get rid of those divisions. Because um, it's going to be a wild, wild west. So there's no reason to have divisions. So that way, Michigan's not playing Purdue, who had four losses in the final. They'll play Ohio State again, just like the Pac-12 got rid of them last year. And now the Pac-12, the two best teams in the Pac-12, regardless of what side of the division they're in or conference they're in, they will play each other. I don't know if you saw Mac Jones last night after the after the uh, Patriots win. He came out and, uh, and uh, dropped a shout-out to Mike Leach. Uh, that was pretty big of a player to know – to, uh, you know, send out uh, a message to a college coach because obviously he knows uh, him from playing uh, his first year at Mississippi State when he got the job against Alabama. Uh, 
T.Y. Hilton was picked up by the Cowboys. So I don't know if Eddie Manyweather's in here. Um, T.Y. Hilton has been picked up by the Cowboys. So what does this mean for OBJ? What does this mean for OBJ? Um, now, Matt Rule does a good job in college. He's, re- he's rebuilt Temple, Baylor. He's done a good job. I think he'll do okay. I, I don't know if you can get Nebraska over the hump, though. I don't know if you want to. I don't know um, if Nebraska can have anybody get him over the hump, to be honest. Um, just not with these guys out there doing what they're doing. The, the NIL money is just too much, I believe, for a Nebraska. I'm uh, just being honest. Uh, what does that mean for OBJ? I don't know how many years OBJ cannot play. He hasn't really played a lot in two or three years, to be honest. If we really want to go break down his last three or four years, he hasn't played a lot. He hasn't been productive. He was decent in the playoff run for the Rams last year. He showed that he still was, uh, uh, you know, had a lot of freakish tendencies in him as far as athleticism goes. Um but he hasn't really played consistently. So I don't know if OBJ is ever going to be what we think. And the Cowboys obviously found something that they knew because they didn't fuck with him. And T.Y. Hilton being picked up by, by the Cowboys um, tells you something. So who knows? Uh, 20 years ago yesterday, LeBron played Carmelo Anthony in high school. And yesterday, Bronny and Keon, uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony's son, played against each other. And apparently, it was like a star-studded game right here in L.A. It was a star-studded affair. Adele, the Kardashians, Carmelo and LeBron. uh, Everybody was at this game. Um, Bronny's team won. Uh, Both players got into double figures. Uh, Bronny had 12, Keon had 10, Kion, Keon, I don't know what his name is, but, uh, if anyone needed to know that breaking news right there, if anyone gives a fuck, um, so I want to break down something before Steve Kim and Matt McChesney joins me. I want to break down some football head coaching changes. All right. And I want to give you guys some stats and data on this. So far that we've had, we've had 23 head coaching changes, including the retirement of Bill Clark, who was at UAB, and Trent Dilfer just replaced him. Um, he got hired two weeks ago or whatever. Last week, Trent Dilfer got the job at UAB. Last year, the total number of head coaching changes was 29. All right, 29 changes. So far this year has been 23. There may be more to come. But I want to give you the breakdown over the last 11 years um, in coaching changes, all right? And it fluctuates every year. But I just want to give you, want to give you a breakdown and, and t- tell you where I'm going with this. 2022, I mean, I'm sorry. Go, let's go back 11 years. 2008, all right, 11 seasons. We'll go back to eight. 22 changes in 09, 23, in 010, 24, in 11, 28, in 12, 31, in 13, 20, in 15, in 14, 15. In 2015, there was 29 changes. 2016, there was 21 head coaching changes. 17, 21, 18, 28, 
1924, 2027, 2021, um, we had 29, all right? So I want to break this down. See, I want to break this down because and you think kids should be able to do the same. Well, kids don't get fired. Coaches do. Kids are the resource. Kids are the resource to this, this entity. Coaches have to prepare them, get them right, suck their dicks to recruit them during the recruiting process. They have to sell them a car. They have to get them graduated. They have to make sure they go to class. They have to make sure they're at practice. They have to make sure they're not an idiot in the community. They have to make sure all these things. And then they have to get that kid to succeed. And then they have to get the team to win in totality. And then they have to graduate those kids. And they have to have an API score. And then they have to get their GPAs up so they get more scholarships. And then they have to make sure they can't do anything to violate the NCAA, non-caring assholes of America. And... Get everything above board during an NIL era where everyone's cheating. All right. So having said that real eloquently, then you see the numbers of coaches who are fired every year. I don't see kids being fired. I see kids entering the portal because they're soft. They got yelled at by one of these coaches who were going to get fired. And they were asked to do something they asked them to do just like, been for a thousand years and they refuse and then they enter the portal and they didn't get enough money and then they're soft and their parents are pieces of shit and they're enablers and then we've enabled them in high school and youth football and we've told them how good they are and how fucking great they are and we suck their dicks and kiss their asses we told them how great and fucking beautiful they are and they've ended up transferring four high schools in four years and then they go to college and then they end up transferring three times in three years and then we all think they should be able to do what they want. Well, there's 50,000 kids in the transfer portal, dog. I just want to know why they don't get fired. Coaches do. And you want to put them on the same fucking playing field when they have yet to pay a bill, put a kid through college, earn a degree, do anything, fucking anything for their own parents and or themselves or take care of another or lead anyone to victory in anything meaningful, <clears throat> but you still yet put them on the same level as the grown folk who needs to require a salary to support their family. It fucking blows my mind. And I'm not going to ever listen or agree to any of you fucks who think otherwise. You just saw every year, there's 20 plus coaches fired every year. All right. I don't see 20 plus coaches, kids getting their scholarships pulled. You imagine that? You imagine the fucking shit show if I just started taking your scholarly? Because, see, that's what they need to do. See, I'd just take your fucking scholarship. We're not doing that enough. We're not taking your scholarships enough. So, <clears throat> sorry, but that's just what it is. Um, let me get you the 2022 changing up of the uh, hierarchy, all right? Arizona State, Herm Edwards got fired. Kenny Dillingham. Allen knows Kenny very well. Uh, Kenny's 31 years old, youngest head coach in football, I believe. 
Auburn, Brian Harson fired. Hugh Freeze, now the new head coach. Guess what? He had hookers in his room. He's on text messages with hookers. He's had a pass. He is now able to coach kids again at the highest level. And bygones will be bygones, apparently, right? Not for JB, but for Hugh Freeze. All right. Charlotte, Will Hilly, good friend of mine, actually. Good old line guy, Colorado State. Uh, he got fired. Biff Poggy, uh, Pogi, Pogi, uh, Pogi, whatever his name is. He was from Michigan. He got the head job at Charlotte. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle leaves. Scott Satterfield takes the job, leaves Louisville, opens that job up. Jeff Brom leaves Purdue, takes the Louisville job, where his alma mater is. Coastal Carolina, Jamie Chadwell leaves, goes to Liberty, opens up Coastal Carolina. Tim Beck takes the Coastal Carolina job. Coastal Carolina's quarterback has subsequently entered the transfer portal. Colorado, Carl Durrell fired. Deion Sanders takes the job. Opening up Jackson State. Jackson State's going to hire TC, I believe the OC. FAU, Willie Taggart fired again. Willie Taggart continues to get job after job after job. He is fucking awful. Now he's at Colorado with Dion. Tom Herman, who's the possibly the biggest shitbird in the coaching profession, gets the job at FAU. Again, who gives a fuck about the kids? We're going to hire shitbird, recycle shitbird after shitbird, fake, uh, disgenuine fucking coaches. We're going to continue to hire and coach our youth and expect kids not to enter the portal. Unfucking believable. Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins fired. Brent Key takes the job on an interim basis. Georgia Tech says, you know what? I like what you did, Brent Key. We're going to keep you. Kudos to Georgia Tech. They kept Brent Key. Kent State, Sean Lewis fired. They haven't named a coach yet, in my I don't believe. Navy, Ken Namazlato. Uh, Fired after Navy loses to Army right on the football field, from what I hear. A shitty way to go about it, especially as a service institution. Uh, Unbelievable. Nebraska, Scott Frost and Mickey Joseph, who was also arrested and felony charged on domestic violence. Like, what in the fuck are we doing? But guess what? I guarantee you Mickey Joseph will get a job again, just like Scott Frost will. Matt Rule takes over at Nebraska. North Texas, Seth Luttrell, good friend of mine, good dude, good offensive mind, fired, have not hired yet at North Texas. Purdue, I already told you. Stanford, Dave Shaw, one of the highest paid coaches in America, nobody really talks about, private institutions. Stanford fires him, and David Shaw is gone. Troy Taylor, the head coach at Sacramento State University, FCS, takes the job. He is a Cal Berkeley grad, played quarterback there, understands the Pac-12, not a splash higher. Um, but uh, not a splash higher by any means. Um, but at the same time, um, maybe he'll do well. I, I just don't think Stanford is in a very good position, man, with the NIL money. Even though you are in the 
Silicon Valley, where Google, Facebook, all these big time fucking huge conglomerates are. Fortune 500s, Fortune 1000. You guys are in the fucking premier cream of the crop and you can't get NIL deals. Troy Taylor better go knock on Bill Gates fucking door. He better go knock on Google's door. He better go knock on Twitter and Elon Musk's door and say, dog, help me make Stanford great. Let's pay these dudes if you, that's what we're going to do. Texas State, Jake Spavitol gone. G.J. Uh, Kinney is the new coach. I believe he was at Incarnate Word. He takes the job at Texas State. Uh, Tulsa, Phil Montgomery fired. Kevin Wilson takes the job at Tulsa. Bill Clark um, retains at UAB. Trent Dilford takes takes over. UNLV Marcus Arroyo fired. Barry Odom Midwest as it gets takes over. And uh, USF Jeff Scott fired. Alex Golish Allen knows him very well as well. He's fired. Alex Golish takes the job. I I couldn't. I I know Alex well. I I just don't see a. I don't see how a red-headed white cat takes over at South Florida and, and they're going to expect that to go well. <laughs> the hiring dog is unfucking believable. Western Michigan, <clears throat> Tim Lester, um, Fired. Lance Taylor takes the job. Wisconsin, Paul Chris, Jim Leonard, both gone. Luke Fickle takes the job we already talked about. Now, let me let me break this down. That's only in the FBS level. FCS level, there's 22 coaching changes so far this year. There were 21 last year. And in 2020, there were only six head coaching changes. And if we go back, I can go all the way back 10, 11 years. Coaches fired every year. Not players fired. Coaches fired. But guess what? Let's keep putting the players on the same fucking pedestal. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Doc Gamble's gone. Haven't hired a new guy. Bethune Cookman's gone. Terry Sims. Now they've got to hire a guy. Cal, Cal Poly. Bo Baldwin has left to take a job at Arizona State um, as the OC. Paul Wolf, who I know very well, is now the head coach at Cal Poly. Central Connecticut State, Ryan McCarthy's gone. They haven't hired a guy. Charleston Southern has hired Gabe Gerdardina. Dayton, Ohio hasn't hired. Delaware State hasn't hired. Houston Christian hasn't hired. Idaho State hired Cody Hawkins. Um, Incarnate Word has yet to hire a coach. I don't know who they're hiring. Jackson State, Lamar, Texas, uh, Lehigh, Mississippi Valley State. North Alabama hired, Northern Colorado hired Ed Lamb off the BYU staff. He took one of my former players to be the DB coach, DJ Williams. Is now coaching uh, FCS football as a position coach. Shout out to DJ, uh, who I helped get the GA job at BYU. The Citadel, Brett Thompson's not been replaced. Um, Clint Dozell left and is taking the job at Texas A&M Commerce. Towson, uh, Rob Ambrose fired. BMI, a good friend of mine, Scott Washheim fired. Danny Rocco took the job there. 
Weber State, Jay Hill's fired, haven't, haven't signed a guy. And then Walford, Josh Conlon was fired. Sean Watson took the job. That is what's happening in college football. And I, that is why I can't put players on the same level as fucking coaches. Stop putting players on the same level as the coach. Um, oh, UIW is open. Matt, what's up? What up? Good morning. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Tyler Murray, uh... Is he hurt, injured, or a feelings hurt? Uh, I think he tore his ACL, bro. It sucks. Yeah, I gotta see it. Uh, I watched. We watched it earlier. Um, before that, though, Mike Leach passed away this morning. Uh, un- unbelievable. It's it kind of hits me like in the coaching profession as being a coach for the last twenty and dealing with Mike for over last fifteen years. Uh, he's taken five of my players all. Treated him very, very well and fairly. Uh, great human, uh, better human than he was a football coach, and that's saying a lot. Um, pioneer, truly a pioneer. It kind of hits me like Kobe passing away in the basketball world. I don't know if you get that vibe, but I get that vibe as a coach uh, dealing with kids every day. Mike Leach passing away at 61 years old, just being on the field Saturday prepping for bowl, bowl uh, game. And Sean Salisbury and his – Sean Salisbury's older brother is Mike's best friend. They consider themselves brothers. Sean and Mike are very, very tight. He was really, really fucked up yesterday uh, talking to Sean. He kind of knew already what was happening. Um, rest in peace, dog. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, Coach Leach is a great man, and we just the coaching community and college football lost a, a great individual and uh, a guy who really, really cared about his kids. And yeah, every time I talked to him, he was always upbeat and always, you know, he always knew your he always knew everybody's names and like he would always ask about your family, how's your mom doing? And he just he it was bigger than football coach and. Uh, yeah, he's a good dude. I never played for him or anything, but uh, he he recruited the shit out of six zero, and yeah. he was always he always picked up the phone. He always returned messages. He really cared about the community, and it just it's terrible. It happened abruptly, and uh, sixty one years old is too young, and uh, it's really fucking sad, man. Yeah, it is. People don't realize, man, that. Uh... This this fraternity is really tight when you have good ones because it's hard to find good ones in this profession, man. Like that are really, really loyal, genuine, and care uh, for the kid that they recruit from you. A lot of these fucking dudes sell cars, recruit your kid, and then the kid's gone because you you were a shitbird to him, or vice versa, right? Well, I've known Mike a long time. You've known him a long time. This guy was genuine, and it and it hurts the profession when this type of shit happens like this, man. It was a, a it is definitely going to resonate throughout the country today, and for the days coming, weeks coming, months coming. And I have a very very eerie feeling about uh, this whole thing today. It kind of gives me Kobe Bryant passing away ear, uh, feeling. It's yeah, like we just, we've lost a pioneer. Yep, it's uh, it's really sad and. Just uh, uh, hug and kiss your loved ones, man, because 
shook and change and blink an eye. Dog, I, yesterday's quote of the day, Matt, I was like, live fucking life, dude, because we're going to be dead for a long time. <laughs> like, life is short. Live it fully because death is going to last a lot longer. Maybe longer than life. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've got a lot of experience with, with death. Everybody does. The longer you live, the more you experience it, the more part you of life. I mean, it's... Losing people young is terrible. I've lost two brothers and a bunch of friends and losing losing people older in life, losing grandparents and parents and, you know, relationships and coaches. That shit's terrible. So there's nothing good about it, um, you know, but it's an opportunity to honor the man. And I'm really hoping that, you know, all of the media conglomerates out there, ESPN, everybody, and I know they will, they already are, really honor him the way he should be because I'll tell you one thing, just to lighten it up a little bit, there's no one better in front of a microphone than Coach Leach. No doubt. I mean, the, the shit that he would say, just going back and watching all those press conferences, he I watched a press conference once where he was with Washington State where he talked about student loans and how, like, if they wanted to get the $45,000, it could have been $45 million. He'd never pay them back. He would just go dark and you find him in some hole in Mexico and he'd like never pay him. And I'm like sitting there like, man, that's why we call you the pirate brother. That's why right there. So hats off to coach Leach and all he, all he did. You were a hell of an opponent. Uh, I played against him in college multiple times. Uh, you were a pain in the ass to game plan against and your, your offenses were always a thorn in everyone's side. And uh, thank you for all you did for all the kids, bro. No doubt. Um, Great man, uh, great coach, fucking better man. That's even hard to say nowadays in this generation of guys. Uh, I was talking about this transfer portal. We know we have a, uh, it's spiraling out of control. You're, you're starting to change a little bit on what you feel. You still have your convictions, but you're starting to look at it more. And I still think you're open to uh, these things that are happening, uh, just like I am. Uh, until, you know, when people show me all these different stats and different things. And I was trying to figure out a way to say, you know, I'm the, you know, me, I, I know you're not as, uh, this, you're not the same on this regard, uh, that I am, but I'm huge against, I'm very, very strongly against us putting these kids on the same level as the coach, uh, because the coach can leave to take another job. We think the kids can leave. Um, we've had 29 head coaching changes already fiery. That means they were fired. Um, 23 were fired, six left to take other jobs. And now those six are being replaced by other six. You know how this carousel goes. Oh, yeah. So over the last 11 years, though, I just broke it down earlier before you came on, and I broke down every single season since 2008 how many coaches have been fired. That is just another reason, in my opinion, that we cannot put the kid on the same level because, in my opinion, the kid is the actual resource to this vessel that runs what we call college football. The coach has to recruit this dog shit out of this vessel, suck their dicks, earn their trust, sell them a car. Then he has to get that kid graduated, stay, keep them in the program, get them mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to play, get them graduated, not be a fuck up in the community. Uh, have an API score that's higher so they don't lose scholarships as the head coach. 
continue to recruit every single year and then be fired. And the kids not being fired, they're entering portals on their own will. So I just, that's my argument. Just another argument towards my argument. Um, are they grad uh, transfers are, I feel like a lot of these kids are being told to go to the portal. Well, I think they're being sucked into. Well, the, both probably. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of outside influence. It's like cool, cool to go to the transfer portal. You know, I, I shit, bro. Like what's to stop us from just starting our own fucking college. I'm just starting the six zero community college out here in Denver. I'll hire you as the, I'll, I'll be the fucking, I'll coach both lines and be the defensive coordinator. You coach everything on offense and we'll fucking co-head coach and we'll just go get everybody out of the transfer portal and start a fucking badass team and just roll. I mean, I, if you're a grad transfer, transfer, that's your right. If you're not, and you don't have film. Good luck, bro. I mean, the transfer portal is swamped right now. There's more guys going in it every day. There's a lot of frustration, like dealing with the parents and the kids right now. Everybody's like, you know, text messages all day. Like, do you got any news? And I'm like, nah, dog. I don't really have any news. Like the, the portal is slow. It's swamped. There's more, it's harder like in the transfer portal to get recruited right now than it is in high school. And it's already really high for the high school kids. Um, this entire thing has like, it's like, it's, it's, it's glorifying retreads. And back in the day, that's not the way that you built programs. So I have no problem with a kid having a fresh start somewhere. But like you said yesterday, that's what JUCO used to be for. So I, uh, I, I disagree with you that they shouldn't get paid. I, I, I think, or that they, they shouldn't be on the same level. I, but um, if that's the case, then everybody should be able to be cut too. So that's if they can have it both ways. So if they want to get paid and they want to get treated like a professional, you can't have the security of a scholarship every year then. Like, you have to have the ability to cut the kids and to get rid of them. And and then it, it becomes true professional football. So we need to stop talking to amateur. We need to start to stop talking like these kids are kids. They're not kids. They're all 18-year-old grown men, and they need to start acting like it. And honestly, I said this yesterday, and I truly believe it. I think the kids should unionize and strike and and really get what they can out of this entire situation because they're they're getting fucking pennies and acting like it's pounds like I've said multiple times. Um and then they need and I know you agree with this but they need agents and they need like real you know money marketing managers and they need people that can help invest their money into 401ks and benefits just like every month I get my my pension breakdown for my 401k and my annuity from the NFL and it has a breakdown of everything that's being spent, where it's being invested, my 401k money, you know, how many years I played, you know, what it means for me moving forward, when I can take it out at 45, 55, 65, if I want to retire. All that shit should be happening right now with all these kids. And it's just the fact that everybody's still scraping at the top of this, like, oh, my God, a fucking $50,000 NIL deal is going to be life changing. $50,000 ain't fucking shit. That's fucking pennies, dog. That's fucking pennies. And they got all these kids yearning after fucking pennies when the pounds are really what we want. And I'm telling you, just if they unionized and they figured out a way to do this, just like every other fucking sports team and every other 
every other you know business throughout history, all the, the usually employees unionized to get rights. If they did that and they they got a good revenue split with college football, every player in America that signed scholarship, and I like your idea of staggering it somehow, you know, by the the importance of recruiter whatnot. We can go down that road too, uh, but it, that then they can actually really get paid, and then you can you can figure out a way to have all the rights that the NFL players have, even in a better way, learn from their mistakes. So this is small fucking potatoes. And it's amazing to me that this much, like it's amazing to me that all these kids and all these parents truly believe that they're worth something that they're not. Like I understand everybody thinks they're special these days, but you can't be shocked when you go on the transfer portal and nobody wants you. Yeah, but that goes to your where I don't agree with your take on the 18-year-old thing. I understand the government labeled us as adults at 18 because you can be drafted. I get it. You can go to it war. You should be able to be a man. It doesn't mean you're a mature adult because you're 18. And it oh, is. I agree with that wholeheartedly. They're fucking dumb. I mean, I'm just saying it's clearly evident right now. And we're, we're anointing them as adults at 18 when they're really not adults. Because how many 18-year-olds do you deal with right now who can go out on their own, get a place to live, even if it's a fucking studio apartment, Ugh. and suffice? No, no I know 18-year-olds. anymore. They're all enabler parents yeah. that they have to go back home to get their cell phone bill paid for. Look, I know 18-year-olds that can't fucking schedule an appointment correctly and, like, but I'm saying you know how to book a fucking plane ticket and like can't figure out how to get to the gym if their car breaks. Bro, look, we hey, gotta, no, I'm not I'm not I'm glad you said I, that. We don't know their wrong. address or social security numbers. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. Not all of them are like that, but the majority of them are. I had a kid the other day, his he had a flat tire when he was leaving the gym. And instead of just going out there and fucking changing his tire and leaving, he called AAA and waited for four hours and i was like yo what's wrong with your car dog like do you need a jump he goes no i just have a flat and i was like well do you have a spare he's like, yeah he's like do you have a jack and a fucking tire iron he's like yeah and i'm like what the fuck is your deal why are you calling triple a why you can't change a tire and this was his excuse this was his excuse jay listen to this i don't want to get my shoes dirty you know why because we allowed it and we didn't coach it. And the dad didn't fucking coach it up. Well, and the it mom or the mom didn't coach it. Hey, man, I'm be honest. If I could not get my brakes done, change, get my oil changed or any of that, air filter, any of that, you can't I drive. do it myself in the driveway. I had to learn how to bleed brakes. I had to learn how to change drive. the oil, drain yeah. the oil, put a new pump in. I've, I've had oil hit me in the eyes and the face. And I... Dog, that's part of it, man. You can't do want to get your hands dirty. So the, this generation is very, there's a big disconnect in, in, in deserved and earned. And everybody thinks they deserve some shit. And sometimes, sometimes it doesn't matter. Like there are guys that are going to go in the transfer portal that have been playing four, three or four years at places and they're essentially going to go into the portal and never play again. It's like they retired from college football without senior day and without the right Here's the stats right there. I mean, look at those numbers. That's not a lie. And it's only going to increase this year because there's so many more kids in the portal. 
This is two years ago. Fuck, man. It's just, look, I I plead with everyone to double, to really think about what you're doing and to really, really have a plan. If you have a plan and you have somebody that's helping you, I'm helping a lot of guys. Not everybody I'm helping is going to be successful, though. You have to understand that I'm not a used car salesman. I can't just, con- I don't convince coaches. I don't call Coach JB and go, hey, I've got the best fucking transfer quarterback ever in the history of quarterbacks. If you don't take him, we're going to kick your ass. That's not the way this works. All I do is call and say, yo, I've got another guy. He's played three years at this place. I think he's got some potential. I don't know if he fits your system or not. That's your job. I'm going to send you all this information. And then they roll with it. And if they don't want him, they don't want him. And the parents and the kids look at it like, well, we're fucking special. We've been playing D1 football for three years. Why don't I get NIL money like all these other kids are? And why don't I get this? And why don't I get that? And in, in the NFL, there's an agent in between the player and his family and the fucking team and the GM and all the people that are over here talking shit. Well, now there's no agent. So now the, the coaches and the, whoever over is over here in the college world has to tell these people in the real world, in the transfer portal, the truth. And sometimes they don't want to do that. So they just avoid it altogether and just ignore people, which is even worse. So I'm in the middle here trying to like be the agent and I'm not one and I'm about as subtle as a motherfucking nuclear bomb. So when a, when a coach tells me this is the reason why he doesn't like a kid, I just tell the kid and the parents and then they get all pissed off. Like people aren't doing their jobs and shit. And I go, yo, there's 52,000 people in the transfer portal dog. And you're one of them. Exactly. You're, you're, it's even, it's easy to be average, Matt. It's fucking hard to be different. Um, before I bring Steve Kim in to join us, I want to ask you, I want to read you an email I just got. It says, hey, coach, I know you're busy. I watch your show on Netflix. I watched Last Chance Q. I believe a lot of things you say. Since I work full-time in coach, working with the guys as the O-line coach at our high school in Florida at Durant, I also am the one leading the recruiting to coaches to help our guys get into college. I've talked to a lot of coaches from the area about what recruiting looks like, and it is at the, it's the same bad news across Florida. Top programs like Armwood, Manatee are having the same issues. But then I see social media tweets that high school isn't being hurt by the portal, and I know it's bullshit. Uh, I deal with it every day. That's a false statement. Our kids do not have the money to go to these camps. They don't have to go get these stars. I've been doing this for 15 years, and this year it's the worst I've ever seen. Uh, the use of Twitter. This is kind of what I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it's kind of like what you say on Twitter a lot. I see you post these things. This kid said, I've had two D1 linemen and two D2 linemen in the past three years. I have better O linemen this year than any of those D1 linemen. And now they're only being offered D2 and D3 scholarships because division ones haven't even stepped onto our campus. It is clear. And, 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 and it's, it's proof. High school is about to implode. When you have 50,000 portal kids from the four-year level already in there, it is a fucking candy store to four-year coaches who do not have to work, make the same money, do less work, turn over less rocks, and just pick you out of a portal electronically. They don't even have to get in their car or on an airplane no more. Um, We have just enabled the fuck out of the system, and I think – now it's a candy store. We're in here. Let's picking out people out of this portal. And we're not recruiting JUCO, high school. Uh, 
I heard Juco. So the Juco national titles played this weekend. Hutchinson Community College in, was in my old league against Iowa Western. Uh, they played for the Natty this weekend. I've heard there's been less credentials given out for that game than ever before as far as four-year level guys. They're not even going to go to that game. I mean, the conversations I had yesterday with multiple colleges were, we're not even looking at the high school kids right now. We'll figure that out after early signing day is done. So, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past anybody that, in like, next year there's, like, three or four different dates to sign. I bet you they push it back even further. Like, what, 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 like what does that mean, early signing period? Well, early signing signing? That's a, well, the, the guys that are – so the – you know, the kids around the country that are there in high school that are still getting recruited because it's still happening. It's not like they just stopped recruiting. Yeah, it's only it's only the fucking cream of the crop. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's a lot of kids that are that are at the places that don't really fuck with NIL that are still signing early. So there's a ton of guys signing early on the 21st, which is early signing day. And then there's another signing day in February. And then, so a lot of coaches hold on to scholarships to see who fell through the cracks and who went where. Uh, and But a lot of that is going to the transfer portal, too. So there's a lot of, you know, if there's, let's say, we've got like four quarterbacks that are in, that are six zero guys that are in the transfer portal. Well, they're being evaluated the same way, a, a, you know, a high school quarterback is. So if you've got a guy in the transfer portal like uh, Pierce Hawley from Georgetown, or Alex Padilla, who was in Iowa forever. And both of them are 6-0 guys, and they're in the portal. And then you've got a guy like Cole Crew goes to Broomfield this year, and, and he's a senior at Broomfield. He wins the 4A state title in Denver, you know, and he's committed to Wisconsin. So Wisconsin, Fickle comes in as the new coach of Wisconsin, and when they start evaluating, they're looking at Cole the same way they're looking at Alex and Pierce, and Pierce and Alex have played – I God knows how many starts and passing yards and touchdowns and big time environments and all that shit, right? Three, three and four years respectively at the college level. So you're being evaluated as a high school kid the same way that they're evaluating the college kid. And yeah. that I don't I don't know how you can do that as, as a high school player. You better be a bad motherfucker. But even the college guys, like it hurts them too because it it's you're, there's no more like hierarchy here. Sometimes the the look a three or four year vet in college like Padilla that started multiple games and been a backup and knows the system and is smart as shit. He seems like a big time commodity, like a Stanford. That seems like that place would be perfect with him with the new coach from Sac State. So you know we you know reaching out to them and making sure they know everything and you know, Baylor and all these other places, Colorado, even you'd probably be a backup here with Shador, obviously, but you have to turn over every rock because you never know who's going to say yes and no. And the, the frustration level with the parents and like the, the kids, it's like, well, you can get as mad as you want, but the system is the system. Like you can go yell at the sky because pretty much there's no one in charge of this. It's the wild west. So yeah, there's no one to blame. It's just the way it is. So Joel Klatt yesterday on his podcast, uh, which I think is outstanding. And I played with Joel at CU. He's one of my best friends. And he, he said like, look, the transfer portal is what it is. You better be smart, but you better know what you're doing before you go in it. And you either adapt to the way things are going, both as a player and as a, as a, as a program, or you die. And 
I think that you're going to see a lot of programs die and a lot of players get overlooked and quit. So, no doubt. Uh, can't wait. I bring my boy Steve Kim in. Uh, he is uh, sitting here chilling. I got to ask him about uh, his thoughts on Mike Leach. Steve, what's up, man? I appreciate you joining me. Hey, how you guys doing? Morning. Oh man, hanging in. I'm glad. I love. I love people on the West Coast. See, we're not. We're not an hour ahead like Matt. You know, he's already beat us to the sunshine. We, me and you got to get up fucking. 5 a.m. Matt's already been up two hours because fucking it's snowing there. I've been uh, up to four o'clock at the gym and shit. That's right. I love it. Hey, Steve, what's your take on Mike Leach uh, passing away this morning? Well, I think it's sad because we lost the true American character. The, the best thing about him was that he was unfiltered, uncensored. Uh, he was said what's on his mind. He's so unique in an era where coaches are so corporatized that they're cliche machines they're afraid to tell you what they think i think there's a level of dishonesty to a lot of them in terms of what they state and he just didn't give a damn and you know look the best thing i could say about him as a coach is that every program he went to he left in better shape and he won and every one of those fan bases looks back very fondly at his run and now it was now today's coaches are all very much the same they kind of kind of kind of come out of a cookie cutter you know they all have the same look the same feel mike leach was fun and he was interesting i think he's going to be missed a lot yeah um unfortunate uh you guys jerry rice criticized the 49ers uh jerry rice hall of famer receiver obviously came 49ers super bowls and everything else feels that samuel's injury should have been avoided uh he's come out publicly the 49ers uh great criticized the team's play calling following the game while alluding to the fact that his former team has now suffered injuries to samuel as well as to quarterback trey lance and jimmy g rice specifically criticized kyle shanahan's use of his skill players mm. and he said quote stop running up the middle how the fuck are we going to stop running up the middle? Coach, I think what he means, though, is don't use your wide receiver to run up the middle. I think there's a little context to it. Because I think, look, I think you even alluded to it. Look, if you have Christian McCaffrey, there's your running back. And, you know, Devo Samuels does a really good job in that role as being the Swiss Army knife. But once McCaffrey came aboard, I think you have to adjust Samuels' role in a sense that you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be Cordero Patterson here. Start using him with what he really does best, which is to get him the ball out on the perimeter. Yeah, I, I think Matt will probably – I think Matt will agree with me on this. This is the system that they have, though. This is the this is the RPO, double-triple option offense that they have to run because Debo is a six-foot guy, just yeah. like uh, Ayuk. They don't have the outside 6'5 spread guy to go deep. They have to use – Samuel as an H-back, move-back guy because that's what the system entails, and he's been doing that for a while. He's not a true wideout. He's more yeah. of a utility guy, and that's just is what he is. He's not really a put him on one-on-one on the island against fucking Richard Sherman and expect him to win every time. He's more of a guy you got to hide and use him in different facets. So I don't know if I agree because in football, you have to run the offense that you have personnel for. I don't know, Matt, do you agree or not? I mean, look, they've got so many damn weapons. He gets, I think he gets a little bit caught up in trying to do too much with all of them, honestly. 
So when you've got Juszczyk and Kittle and McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and all these other toys, plus Trent Williams, I mean, it. yeah, you can get a little caught up in trying to be too tricky. Um, it, thankfully, it's not as bad as they thought. He'll be back for the playoffs. It's a high ankle sprain, but it's a mild one. A little bit of an MCL. It, you know, he'll, he'll be fine by the time they roll around for, for playoff time. So... I think this team is a, is really scary in the playoffs as well defensively, regardless of who's playing quarterback for them. I think they have a real chance to to go deep. Um, it, look, football's violent. You're going to get hurt. We talked about this yesterday. It is what it is. You know, it's you know Debo has three weeks to get ready for the playoffs, and he'll be fine. I mean, it, he didn't tear his ACL or anything. Matt, hey, let's start an argument, Steve. Yeah. Let's oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Go I, ahead. I, I thought what you said about uh, the whole NIL situation and the current state of college. I agree with you, Matt. We have to be honest about this. If you are now paid to play, which you are, let's just get that out of the way. They're trying to be half pregnant with that. These kids are now professionals. Let's treat it that way and get it out of the way, make it a black or white situation, right? So here's my view. How about making the letters of intent – and the scholarship, at least coming out of high school to college, two or three year multi year agreements. They're going to have to start doing that. So make it so because I I, I remember the old story. Do that. Why why can't they do that right now? It's yeah, it's, lock it in, and so that if both parties don't consent to a transfer, then you have to sit out a year or two. So let's put some restrictions on it. And because I remember the famous story that I was told by Bubba McDowell, played nine years in the NFL, played in Miami in the 80s. After every practice that was really bad, Jimmy Johnson used to gather the team around. the guys, I'm going to tell you, come January, I don't have to renew you. And it would scare the hell out of everybody. It was the funniest thing. Michael Irvin said it's the most motivating speech he ever got. And, and I'm sure, I don't know, Jimmy, how much he meant it, but guys used to get dropped. But I think now if you actually make he these multi-year packs. That's, that's why it resonated because he meant it. Right. So I, I think one step we can do, guys, is make these scholarships coming out of high school multi-year deals. And if there's going to be a transfer situation, both the school and the individual player have to say, okay, our time's come to an end. But if it's not mutually agreed to, then you have to at least sit out a year. You got to put in some safeguards here because I don't think coaches should be in a position where you have to re-recruit the whole team every year. That's just yeah, illogical and unfair. There's a ton of tampering going on right yes. now. Too. There's like coaches reaching out. I mean, it's happening with me and people that I know that are in the business. Like I'm being middleman to talk to other teams on other like kids on other rosters to see if like they're interested in leaving and that in the NFL, that gets you fine docs, fine. You'll get fired. You're gone. But in college football, there's no rules, bro. Like this is literally the fucking wild West. And I think it's dangerous and wherever you can be corrupt, there will be corruption and there's nothing stopping everybody from being as corrupt and as twisted as fucking possible with this. So it is what it is, man. I mean, shit. We talk about the transfer portal every fucking day. It's I'm I'm over it. Oh, yeah, I'm over it too. Hey, hey, Steve. This is the, this is this is my take on this thing. The reason we have the most injuries, uh, in my opinion, tied in with 
philosophical differences, philosophies of head coaches, and horrible tackling is because you're learning it three different ways from three different coaches, and you're in a new spring football system every single spring. And again, the resource, the kid, is being able to do this, and the coach who's having to fucking fend off the vultures every day from getting fired uh, has to accept a new team every spring. And some of these kids don't take coaching. They're already shitbirds. They're already damaged goods. Now they're coming to your program. Now we have to reteach and have to reculture. And it's just becoming so watered down. And it's we're seeing in the NFL now too. And it's spiraling upwards from high school to college to the NFL. And it's just a it's bad right now. And participation. Compile that with participation being at all time low in high school athletics. Um, and now you have a, a problem with referees, Steve. Referees don't want to deal with your shitbird parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we got a referee shortage. Let's have an argument real quick because I love having an argument with Matt on a somber day with Mike Leach passing away. Um, I think I know where Matt's going to go with this, Steve. Where are you going to go with it? The worst deal in the history of NFL. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Go. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson, easily. I agree, Kyler Murray. I agree. All all Arizona did was sign Kyler Murray. The Broncos leveraged their entire future, gave up a ton of draft picks, traded Shelby Harris. You know, like, they they got rid of good players and and their future, and they have a $100 million cap hit on a turd. Although, he did get a lot better this week and looked pretty good, and I, I don't care that he's concussed. He sold out to save it, to help his team. So, look, he's not a turd. He's had a turd year. And I, I think that they can turn it around maybe depending on who they get as a coach. But, man, that is – I think it's the worst well, the worst trade and yeah. sign in the history of football, yeah. Coach, I think there's two ways to look at it. What's the worst contract or what's the worst deal? Like, I think McChesney makes a really good point. Look, the Broncos – actually had to give up, like, some front-line starters and, and some draft choices. They didn't have to fucking pay him, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. they had two years on the contract. They could have just waited and see what was going to happen. And at this point, there's no way they're re-signing him. So they jumped the gun on that, and that makes it even worse. And that trade, it looks like that draft choice is going to be a top five, six oh, type of pick. Two right now. Oh. As for Kyler Murray, coach, the Cardinals – uh, well, not only do you get a shitty Russell Wilson and $250 million, but you lose the second pick. It's not even close which one's worse. The yeah. Bronco deal is 10 times worse than the Cardinal deal. Let me let, Go ahead, Steve. Let me hear what you said. You said a deal and a contract. Yeah, because yeah, one one is really a deal with a transaction. Another one is just, you know, it's a transaction. But at least with Kyler Murray, you didn't give up much except you ruined your salary cap. Um. I really think I, – I don't know the parameters of that contract, but if I'm the Cardinals, I am reading that fine print, trying to see when is the earliest we can cut ties and get the hell out of there. 28. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That, uh, hold on. Let me rethink. You know, so now we're comparing gonorrhea to syphilis on these two deals. Neither good. Kingsbury's to 27. They got to pay him too. When, to you, when you lose Kyler Murray – and you, a quarterback that is so reliant on being a twitchy, fast, quick little athlete, and now he blows out a tire, and he may never be the same, and he's never been the most cerebral guy. Oh, you're in trouble. 
the most cerebral guy. He's dumber than a box of fucking rocks. Yes. Oh, I was trying to be kind. But anyway, so now, now you have an issue. Trying to be kind? Ah, that's what I do here. You know, it's a summer day. Fuck but that. He's, he's Korean, dog. Half Korean. What the Half fuck? Korean. Mean? Koreans can't be mean? No. What? We can't, we can't be good drivers, and we try to be kind. There's well, no obviously, Koreans? <laughs> but no, Kyler Murray's already been a poor leader. His body language, his facial expression, um, there's just too many things that I I thought I thought it was no like again, when you have to put it in your contract that hey Kyler, you have to actually watch film, I would have never invested that type of money into that type of guy. But I, you know what, Matt, you've kind of changed my mind. You're right. Given the other things, if we're talking about the overall deal of what you had to give up, I think the Wilson deal actually goes down as being worse because there are other parts to it. Now, let me ask you this, Steve. Pick. Let me ask you this, Matt and Steve. Shit. Is is Deshaun Watson's deal worse than both of them? No, because Deshaun can still play, even though he's a sexual predator. He can still play. You give him an offseason and, and, you know, to build with that running game and Amari Cooper and, you know, the, the big tight end from Miami. I can't remember his name. And Joku. And Joku. And they got a good de- – they, their defense is outstanding at times. Miles Garrett's outstanding. We'll say that. Um, I, I think Cleveland will be fine, but it, it, Watson can actually play. He's just a piece of shit. Let me ask you this, guys. I want to show you this graphic right here. Detroit Lions can clinch a playoff berth with wins in three of their four final four games, and the Giants, Commanders, Seahawks lose three of four, or the Lions win out and the Giants, Commanders, Seahawks lose two of four. What is more likely to you, and if the Lions – can the Lions really do something the way they're playing right now? I think yes. they're the scary as fuck. I think them and the Bengals right now are playing as well as anyone and the Eagles. Uh, do you see any of these scenarios being real? Yeah, I, I'm 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 scared of Detroit this week. They play my Jets on yeah. Sunday. You know, that's a playoff game essentially for both teams. But Detroit is Detroit is rallying behind Dan Campbell. They love their coach. They believe they've got a bunch of guys that were castaways and, and like thrown away by their teams. And, you know, especially Jared Goff and he's playing fucking outstanding football. Um, I love it, man. I fucking love it. They've invested in the trench. Like look at their last two drafts, Penny Sewell and Hutchinson and like, or, or uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Penny Sewell and Hutch, right? Yeah. And they are they are both playing at unbelievable high levels, and they're going to be the foundation of that team moving forward on both sides. And look, this is why you hire leaders. This is why you hire a leader to lead your team, and then you hire coaches to X and O's. It's like very similar to what CU did hiring Dion, and then he went out and hired Lewis and OC as the OC, who's a head coach, like. There's seven guys on the on the staff in Boulder with head coaching experience. So that's why you hire leaders, and they're rallying behind Dan Campbell, and I love it. And, bro, I think that Detroit might might be the best team in that division for, like, years to come off of this year. Matt, I think the Jet game is the litmus test because that, that's a road game, and the Jets have lost twice. Yeah, they're It's bad. almost like a must-win situation. It and the other games, the must-win yeah, so they, then they have Carolina, Chicago, who may or may not have Justin Fields, and Green Bay that has nothing to play for. 
So if Detroit can somehow get into New York and win a, against a really tough defense, now you're thinking, wow, this team really is for real. Even if they lose to the Jets, I still think they win out and get in because the the NFC East is going to eat each other. The Giants aren't going to make the playoffs. Washington's going to fall out. I I just don't see those two teams finishing very, very strong. And and look, the NFC is going to cannibalize itself over the last four weeks of the season. Hey, Matt, breaking news. Ryan Walters got the Purdue head job. Hey, the man. Yes. Ryan Walters, that is a great fucking hire. Uh, the the best defensive coordinator in football. Um, just a great friend of mine. I played with him at CU. Uh, look, Purdue for everything that they have on offense, and now you insert a guy who can give you the number one defense in the country. I, that's a great fucking hire for Purdue. So big time. He stays in the the, the Big Ten, and now Illinois has to deal with them. I love college football, bro. Sometimes it just syncs up perfectly. And, uh, you know, the Boilermakers got themselves a hell of a coach. Ryan Walters is a bad motherfucker, man. That guy can coach some football. And he's a great man, great recruiter, really evaluates the shit out of guys. So that's big time, man. Good shit, Walt. There you go, bro. Hey, I've known awesome. that motherfucker since he was a wet-behind-the-ear GA, man. It's uh, unbelievable. Badass dude. That's hey big. Steve. I talked to you about this. I want to ask Matt um, if the picks had changed today and it was and it went in this order. If I, this is my order, what would be your order? I, I think that's very interesting, right there. Um, I would take Micah Parsons to the Jets. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Can you can you put? I would think I would take Par- Parsons first, though. Overall, honestly, over Trevor Lawrence. I know Lawrence is special, but Micah Parsons is a generational talent. Yeah, but um, you, you wouldn't have known that coming out, so you have to take true. Trevor. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Hard to find quarterbacks, though. No, if Micah Parsons was wearing gang green right now, I'd be happier than a pig and shit. And they already have great edge players and Quentin Wilson and the, My the kid, Johnson, Jermaine Johnson. The Johnson kid from, from fucking Florida State's a beast. That's one of your guys' coach. You know, they Sauce Gardner, I mean, their defense is real. So one thing that we need in, in New York is a damn quarterback. Let me ask you guys this. What do you think the co- what do you think the, the Jets are gonna do at quarterback in the offseason? Like what veteran could they bring in? Do you think that I personally, this is what I want them to do. I want them to go after Lamar Jackson real, real, real bad and sign Ooh. Lamar Jackson and be the, the next the next quarterback for the Jets and give him what he wants and build that same kind of offense they have in Baltimore and New York with that defense. And I think you're cooking with gas, bro. Matt, here's what I like about it. You would have to adjust the system. We have Garrett Wilson, who's showing signs of real life. He'll be gone. (laughs) He's on his rookie contract. I knew he was going to fucking hate on it. Yeah, well, you know what he thinks, Matt. You You might as well sign three fucking tight ends. Then you got Brees Hall. He'll be back. So the parts are in place. You know, it's it's actually interesting. I kind of like Mike White. I know he had a rough game, but man, he's a tough I'm not SOB. He can't be the backup, but I, right, I but if you put a you the the reason the Jets are struggling is because we don't have a difference maker at quarterback. White's a nice player. Flacco's old as shit, and the Manhattan Milf Hunter can't play. Like he just can't Yeah, play. I think he's already out of their plan. That's the sense that I get. He, he's uh, he's terrible. But here's the, the issue that Matt, if you're if you're the Jets' management, 
already it's some miles, and I think there's some physical erosion with Lamar with that style. Do you put four hundred million into a long term contract for Lamar Jackson right now at the end of the season? No, but I'll give him two, Vinny. I don't think he's. I don't think the market's going to be what he thinks it's going to be. No, it's not. That that's look. He he took a gamble on trying to be a half a billion dollar player, and he got hurt again. And he got hurt. And also his performance. Let's be honest. Me and JV track this a lot. Too many games where the Baltimore Ravens don't even get to twenty points offensively. He doesn't even have two hundred yards passing most games. I get it. That's not a half a billion dollar quarterback. Did you hear Steve Young last night's take on him? What did he say? He said. Dog, you're leaving too much on the field every game with Lamar Jackson. And then and then RG3, who's the fucking worst out there, he just wants to say, that, oh, I still think the Ravens are going to be a Super Bowl team. Steve Young's like, what? And Larry Fitzgerald looked at RG3 like, you're smoking fucking crack. They, they are pretty good, though, and and I, they're a playoff team. They're going to be hard. They're going to be a hard out. They're Baltimore. Uh, I don't think so. Let me ask you guys this. I know where Matt feels it. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Giselle out of the pitchers. Is Brady playing 23 and possibly beyond? Is he timeless? Is he a fucking like a real human? Like, what's going on with, with Tom Brady? Is he gonna play till he's 50? Uh, I think he's gotta hang it up. I think he's done. I think his best years are past him. He's done enough. Uh, I don't even I don't see him with the Niners because the system, he doesn't have any Mike Evanses. He doesn't have any long wideouts, or he has a tight end like Gronk, similar to Gronk, but he doesn't have any outside guys. He's not going to just be handing the ball to fucking Debo Samuel. Why would you have him? Yeah, so would. I don't see him fitting that team right now. He he fits the Raiders better with Devontae, but I don't know, man. I think he's it's got it's time to go and move on. We discussed this yesterday on Fearless, uh, and and my view is this just looking at it look tom everything has to come to an end i know you might think you might have football left in you i actually think the buccaneers need to cut bait at a certain point that they it hasn't been a, that team looks dead it's the most dead looking first place team i've ever seen they got absolutely blown out of the field uh against the niners if i'm tom brady if i play football it's not at tampa bay it just doesn't feel right with him and bowls Right, it really doesn't. And here's an interesting destination that Woodlock keeps bringing up. What do you think about him in Tennessee? I've been saying that for five. That's what Matt's months. been saying. Yeah. Got well, a running game. Got some structure. Real coaching. There's no fucking way that guy goes to Nashville, Tennessee, to end his career. Why not? Why, Why not? Look, I think that those are the two most realistic spots. I think he plays for two more years, and everybody that says he can't win. If he goes somewhere where they fucking hammer the ball and all he has to do is convert third downs and he has good protection, it's over. Yes. And you know it is. Look, look I would love to see a That's why they're struggling, period. I, I, I would love to see a real quarterback continue to play in an era of a bunch of fucking horrible ones, okay? But look. he's 57 years old. Well, I mean, it's getting hard to watch this motherfucker. It's hard to watch his offensive line when there's nobody on it. When Jensen and Wurfs are out Worse, and yeah. offensive line and, and, and Ali Marpet's gone, of course they're going to struggle. So he lost Gronk. You know, it's he tried to get out of Tampa Bay this year. It didn't work. So, you know, it, he'll learn from it. They'll lose in the first round of the playoffs. And he'll either be with the 49ers chopping motherfuckers up or he'll be in Tennessee chopping people the fuck up. So 
He ain't going nowhere. Tom Brady is Tom Brady is going to want to prove everybody wrong, especially his fucking ex-wife. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I, I no, just there's know. nothing more motivating than being motivated by something that internally. So guarantee you that is internally motivating him. Where, where, where does Aaron Rodgers do that? Because uh, apparently everyone seems to think he's staying because he's just not going to be able to get out of that deal. I don't know. I hear Jordan Love demanded a trade yesterday. Did you hear that? Who are they going to trade him to? Fucking indoor league? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the, well, what's the market for Jordan Love, though? That, that That's the thing. You could demand a trade. Trade him. Fucking get traded. Later. Right. It's like. It's like the newly divorced person that says, okay, I'm back on the dating market. Well, if you're 55 and you have a pot belly, uh, and yet you don't ever work out, you haven't been to a bar in 10 years, I mean, what's what's the scene like? I, I think everyone's just going to swipe what left or right on Tinder. I just, I don't know. I, I actually, if I'm the Packers, I was hoping, and then JB, me and you were out at your house watching it when Rodgers got banged up. We actually said, you know, love doesn't look bad. Let's see how he looks the last month. I actually was curious to see how much has this kid developed because he actually showed signs of life against Philadelphia that night. He looked like Purdy. Um, I'm be honest, he looked a little bit like Purdy. He's got a quick release. He kind of has a little bit of Aaron Rodgers three quarter release in him. He's getting the ball out quick. Uh, Purdy has that swag. I'm not a Purdy uh, anointer just yet. I, I got to see him um, down the down the crutch here. He's got to go on the road in a hostile environment in Seattle. Seattle's backs against the wall. They have to get this win. Uh, I'm going to see what he does in that game um, before we start saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I want to know about uh, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. What are they going to do with this Baker Mayfield situation and Matthew Stafford? Is 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 Stafford that banged up where I'm hearing all these things in the media that he needs to retire and da 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 I don't think it's any worse than what Tua just went through. He may be older, but it ain't over yet. He's, he's, got, he's got a bruised spinal cord in his neck. That's bad. That that requires fusion, so it doesn't like you can't have stuff touching your spinal cord. So it's way worse than Tua. Um, I, he won't play again this year, and he shouldn't. And if I'm Matt Stafford, and I've got all that dough and the ring and the family, and I have the you have to fuse my fucking neck so I can come back to work essentially. That's as a guy who has a five level cage fusion in his back. When the doctor looked at me and said, Matt, you can't play football. You can, you can go play football if you want, but if you get hit the wrong way, you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. At that point, you're like, okay, fucking, I can't play football anymore. And I think that picking up Baker Mayfield was an unbelievably good move. I know you hate him coach, but I think he's a dog and he's been in shitty situations and from the turds to the Panthers and, I loved what he did the other night, and I really, really hope that it's successful moving forward. I think McVay can actually work with Baker and straighten him out. I mean, he looked pretty fucking good off of a plane. So Shitty situation. That motherfucker had the best roster in football in Cleveland. Motherfucker was horrible. They went to the bullshit. They went to the division round. They're fucking bad fucking call away from the rest from winning that game. They did win a playoff game. Man, it, it's impossible to fucking impress you, number one. Number two, like, right. the, the guy was the first right. fucking guy in, in Cleveland to win a playoff game since Bernie Kosar. They ran him out for a sexual predator. He got totally jobbed there, and I hope he gets another opportunity in L.A. to really learn and mature as a quarterback under McVay, I think it's a really good move by them to get a former first pick 
just like Stafford. Why can't he do it with Mayfield too? Yeah, I guys, mean, here's here's what we know. Who did uh, it take to impress you, Coach? Jesus Christ. Mayfield's not the guy, man. He may not be the fucking guy. There's, how many guys are there in history? I'm simply saying that Cleveland and Carolina are probably not the best places to develop as a quarterback. He at least won a playoff game with, with Cleveland and had him competitive before they decided to run him the fuck out of the room. Because guys, he couldn't a- win. They knew that, just like Jared Goff. Here's what we know about. He's not any good either. Huh? He's not any good either. Fuck him. Who? Jared Goff. I think he's a top five ball spinner in the NFL. I've I've said that for a long time, but that doesn't mean he can win a Super Bowl. No, he doesn't have the hit factor. He chokes in the end of the game, just like Kirk Cousins. Goff did get to a Super Bowl, though, Coach. Coach, Goff did get to a Super Bowl. Nobody can fucking play. I know, I know, but that's why McVay got rid of him. Well, no, okay. nobody can play. All these guys suck. But- All right, let me ask you guys this. So is McVay the wrong one or the right one by getting rid of golf and they won a fucking Super Bowl one year removed? I'm well, thinking he did the right, the right decision, but golf is still a good fucking player. Yeah, golf might be the comeback player of the year. Him or he Gino is the comeback Smith. player of the year, in my opinion. But let's, no, let's go back to Stafford real quick. Time out. Geno Smith is the comeback player of the year, guys. Get the fuck out of here. Come on. Gino's kind of coming back down to earth, though, man. He's falling down, dog. He's taking a fall. Last couple weeks. He may have had two bad games, but he's winning comeback player of the year. No, but Jared is ascending, though, Matt. Matt, he is. Where's he coming back from? He started every game last year. Gino was on the bench. Yeah, but but look, he was not good last year, though, Jared. You can't come back from a shitty year. That's not what comeback player of the year is, guys. All right, wait a minute. He's hurt or not play. Let's go back. To Matt Stafford and the Rams. It's the the LA, of the award, you fucks. The LA media is saying that that injury is pretty significant. It is. Also, he's a, he's in his what thirteenth, fourteenth year. He just won a Super Bowl. And here's the other issue: the Rams last year went all in, so it's not like they have a lot of draft choices to fortify that. They have never replaced Andrew Whitworth. That offensive line is a mess. I'm getting the feeling that Stafford right now with his wife is thinking, you know what, honey? We've done everything we could. I just won a Super Bowl. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Because the Rams are actually rebuilding, believe it or not. They're one of the worst post-Super Bowl teams of all time. And I don't see a lot of young players coming through. And they don't have a lot of draft choices. If there's ever a time to Stafford to just gracefully walk away and hand it over to Baker, it's now. Oh, that makes me feel like. Oh, I'm a Ram guy. Hand it to Baker makes me fucking ass. You're making it sound like he's Dieter Brock. Okay, I, we go with Dieter Brock, coach. Give me a break. Brock. Oh, give me a Dieter Brock was horrible. He was the only guy that could stop Eric Dickerson. Dieter Brock as his quarterback. Give me a break. Oh, man. I don't know, dude. Baker's fucked. Uh, let me ask you this real fast. Uh, we are grading portal kids now on ESPN. Now, ranking the top quarterbacks in the transfer portal according to ESPN. In just saying that makes me have secondhand embarrassment. It's a fucking joke. Uh, so let's rank them then since you're, uh, we're ranking them like fucking ESPN. They got Devin Leary, the NC State quarterback, uh, as the highest rated kid. Uh, they got DJ as third. Where does where do these guys end up? Where do you see DJ going? 
UCLA or whoever takes his brother with them. Everyone wants. Chip Kelly kind of needs a quarterback without DTR, but, geez, DJ is third? He was terrible the last month. He sucks. Okay. You, you, or you can say it like that. Uh, I do he, like Devin Leary, though. That guy can spin it. He can't play. Um, okay. What but, about – Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State kid, or or the kid uh, Hudson right. Card who left Texas. Sanders is serviceable, been pretty productive at Oklahoma State. Now Card, I like. Card was a highly recruited kid, doesn't have a great arm, but again, he could probably start on a lot of teams. But he was never going to get that job over Quinn Ewers when he's healthy. Uh, I think Grayson McCall, the kid from Coastal Carolina, didn't he put his name in the portal? Yeah, he just got in there yesterday. All right, now he's an interesting guy because you could run a lot of different things with him. He he has a chance to play at the next level. I think he might be the most valued quarterback, depending on system, in that portal. I'm surprised the guys are still sitting in it as much as they are. So I, I don't think that the draw is as high as people think. For all these guys, I mean, there's a lot of tape on them already. Um, if if you're a quarterback away, some coaches might think that they have a better player on their roster already than a retread. So, you know, it's look. Here's man, an interesting take that I got from a buddy of mine that's at now at Louisville yesterday. Careful, under the portal. Uh, one of my buddies was just here recruiting the Bosco game, uh, the state title game here in California. Number one team in the country blew out Tom Brady's former team. In high school, uh, shouldn't even have played each other. It was fucking forty-five nothing in a state championship game. is horrible. Uh, but he was here recruiting. Just got on with uh, Jeff Brom at Louisville. He was already at Purdue. A good friend of mine. He made an interesting take. He's like, "Dog, we're not taking portal QBs like we did the last few years for the simple reason that we're we're dishing out NIL money to these big time five star high school kids to mm. get them, or keeping guys like Matt just said. We're trying to keep our guys that are here to back up the nil guy that we have to pay which he doesn't know mm. if that's going to work or not because the backup's probably going to enter the fucking portal too so it's very interesting that there's 10 quarterbacks right now in the portal sitting there you got the notre dame kid the virginia kid the, the tulsa oh, yes. kid the western kentucky kid you got oklahoma nick evers kid. I, have, I have two guys that play quarterback in college and i'm helping that are sitting in the portal that play quarterback so shit there's way more than 10 yeah, yeah, I'm just saying 10 noticeable guys that played. So, I don't know, Steve. I have uh, a question about this portal, going back to that. How about another thing, another thing we could put in? A team cannot sign more than 10 portal guys in one signing period. Does that work? Is that feasible? Does that make any sense? No. It doesn't. Okay. I say I said five last year to make this thing realistic, but that'll never happen. It's not, guys. There are no fucking rules. This is what I'm trying to get across to everybody. There's no fucking rules. Well, that's what we're trying to put in, though. That, well, that's what we're yeah, trying to come up with some sort of solution. Out of the bag, guys. You yeah. can't just start webbing in rules. This is exactly why the kids shouldn't fucking play. Just stop playing until there's structure and go get even more money. The fact that everybody thinks that like the NIL is actually an opportunity to get paid, they're distracting you. They're distracting your dumb asses by the no rules in the transfer portal and perceived opportunity. The real money is in the fucking TV deals and, and having a split with the goddamn people that are making the money. 
just like the NFL. You need revenue split. You need a union. And until they do this, they're going to get jobbed and everybody's going to be fucking right. out here mercenary style. You need a collective bargaining agreement. Oh, and another, another quarterback. Hey, coach, another one we didn't mention, JT Daniels. And I guess his goal is to play for every conference in America before he goes out into the real every world. Every five conference he <laughs> wants to play for. I think he probably just wants to fucking play, you know, but. He's been playing. Move, moving everywhere every year is fucking, I don't get it, bro. Or Keaton Slovis, the kid that eventually went to USC. Another to SC kid, by the way. Yeah, and he's very fragile. Keaton has a really good arm. Very, He cannot stay healthy. And I think he realizes after college, football should not be in his plans. I get the sense that's just a kid saying, let me make a little money in my last year of eligibility before I handle a briefcase for the rest of my life. I get it, but... Guys, the early signing period, what's happening, according to people that really follow this recruiting, is if you're not that five-star top 50 player, colleges, what I'm hearing, are telling certain kids, hey, look, we like you, so sign in December because come February, you don't know who's taking your spot in the portal. Well, anybody, the portal. anybody that's committed anywhere is signing in December already. So I don't have one five-star kid in my gym, and I've got 14 guys signing in December. So – there, everybody's still signing that's committed. It's not that doesn't change anything. Yeah, they're still recruiting high school kids. It's not like this fucking this narrative out here that every high school kid's getting dropped. There are at new schools where coaches go. Yeah, they drop recruits sometimes. And yes, the transfer portal is being fucking recruited pretty heavily right now. But there's there's still a ton of high school guys still signing in December. Everybody's still early enrolling and leaving. The lifeblood of college football is still the goddamn high school kids. And and hopefully that it will continue because I don't think that the transfer portal is as alluring as people think it is. I don't think the coaches like the kids in the portal as much as they think they do. And I think that next year, this is a cautionary tale now. There's a lot of kids that are in the transfer portal that I guarantee you are going to be begging to go back to the school that they said they were leaving. And that's still an option. A lot of these kids can't go back. But once you go back, now the coaches know you don't really want to be there. So now you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So cautionary tale, everybody. Don't coach, go to the fucking transfer portal unless you're really ready to deal with all this shit. Hey, Coach, if you were wanting, running one of these P5 programs, if a player went into the portal, would you just tell them, okay, don't come back. This door's closed. It, do, it completely depends on who it is. It wouldn't be a question, dude. It's not, you're fucking out of here. Hey, I'm getting you out of your classes. I'm having you dropped. Yeah, it completely depends on who it is. Yeah, what if it's your best player, though? That's the thing. It don't matter. If you enter the portal, fuck you. You've left me. It's, a, it's it. I don't it, kiss ass. It completely depends on who it is. The, the, I, I watch coaches leave every fucking day for a better opportunities. I'm not going to get mad. It's business. Jay, no, hard no he he's asked a hard line. Would you let the kid yeah, back? I get it. I would let him back if he's good enough and he can oh, help us. Yeah. Why? Let me ask you this, Matt, before you get out of here real quick. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you real fast. Texas A&M started the season at sixth-ranked team in the nation. They finished 5-7. and seven. They lose to App State, Mississippi State, Alabama, Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn. Michigan State started at 15. They finished 5-7. and seven. And Miami started ranked 16. They finished 5-7. Mm. and seven. Who is the worst disappointment and who has the best season moving forward? Uh, I'd say the most disappointing is AM. Uh the the most 
productive moving forward, I think, will be Miami. I think Cristobal is going to do a good job down there. Steve? Well, obviously, I agree with the second part. I, you know, A&M, this, again, I'll say this again. You go into battles with mercenaries, you win wars with soldiers, and they had a group of kids that were there for the wrong reason. They didn't want to be there. And once the losses mounted up, that team checked out. And you talked about this, JB, with Coach uh, with uh, Sean Salisbury. There comes a point where Jimbo Fisher is going to have to turn over his offense and modernize that. Yeah, I, I didn't see a team that quit. I watched damn near every snap because I got a couple guys down there. I didn't see him quit. I think Jimbo Fisher is terrible. So, in other words, he's the VCR in the Netflix era. That's his offense. That's what I'm saying. His his offense is awful. It yeah, like, he's still that guy going to Blockbuster Video on Fridays. Twenty-four yeah. points a game. They win eight or nine games. So, so hey, and, Steve, you go back to the Beta Vision. Uh, remember Beta? Betamax. Remember Beta? I remember LaserDisc. VHS used to battle. I mean, Blockbusters on Friday nights used to be the spot. And yet, oh, I used yet to go to there all the time. I used to parking lot pimp blockbuster. Yeah, you old motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, hey kind rewind. Blockbuster was already folded. Motherfuckers. Hey, old Matt was at Hollywood Video. <laughs> Remember Redbox? Remember Redbox? You drop rewind the tape, Coach JB. Huh? Fucking rewind fee. How many yeah. rewind fees did you have, Kim? Uh. No, no, we're we're pretty good about that. We you, one of those... rewind, you you used to rewind the tape. Yeah, I don't want to spend another two rewind bucks. Your own tape, bitch. Yeah, well, you, come on, you gotta be kind about it. But I, mean, yeah, I had to rewind. You know why I had to rewind? Because my dad would have choke fucked me. <laughs> See, that's the difference in these kids now. They don't have to rewind, Matt. Matt, you're a fucking enabler. You're enabling yeah. these fucks to do what they want. Yes. Look into my eye. <laughs> Have a good day, boys. Happy Happy Tuesday, bitch. See you later, Matt. Later. Uh, Matt. Uh, Steve, real fast. So you think Miami is going to have the best of the three, Michigan State, A&M, and Miami going forward next yeah, year? Yeah, think- but maybe not next year. We, we still have issues. I, look, Zach Smith turned out to be like Nostradamus because Josh Gaddis was a, was a square peg to a round hole. The offense was anemic. My view is this, Coach. Mario Cristobal tried to go half pregnant because he thought, well, maybe I don't have to go full-blown purge. Maybe I shouldn't use the transfer portal the way Lincoln Riley did. And it turns out, he said, you know what? We don't have the parts. We don't have enough players. They're going full-blown portal, trying to hit recruiting as hard as possible. Look, I think Cristobal is very strong in terms of culturally writing a program and setting a foundation, but it's going to take a while. Uh, I do think that he needs an offensive philosophy that meshes with South Florida athletes and modern-day football. I, I th- That Miami offense was absolutely anemic. It was boring. It was a bad product. And the honeymoon is already over. Look, he's an alumni. He won national titles at Miami. But, Coach, when you get paid $8.5 million, there are no excuses. You are on the clock. And he's going to start to lose the fan base if he doesn't win at least a little bit more next year. But, Coach, right now, when it comes to Miami, everyone's talking about who was the offensive coordinator, that if Josh Gaddis is brought back, two things are going to happen. Zach Smith's going to have a whole year's worth of great content to talk about him. And number two, I think the Miami fans are going to be tortured. I mean, we're talking about Tyler Van Dyke, Coach, who had a really good year with Rhett Lashley spread. And he looked like an NFL guy. People were literally saying this is going to be his last year. He's going to go into the draft. Coach, the reason why he's coming to Miami 
is that it was terrible. He simply was not good. He never looked sure of himself. So we have to see what happens here. I don't know how quick of a fix it is, but I think eventually Cristobal will get the job done. He'll get that ship right. No doubt. Um, let me ask you that. I can talk to you real quick before you get out of here. Uh, I know you, I saw you on Whitlock. Uh, I don't know if you saw my take on Lincoln Riley. Um, the guru whisperer of quarterbacks. He's the fucking inheritor of quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen him develop anybody but shitbird after shitbird, including Spencer Rattler, by the way, who's a king shitbird. Caleb Williams, fuck Utah on his nails. You got – he allowed it, by the way. The head coach allowed that. Uh, Kyler Murray's a shitbird. Baker Mayfield's a shitbird. Uh, he inherited all these guys. He hasn't really developed anyone from a freshman through a Heisman. Now, Caleb Williams is his first, but he wasn't even his first recruit. He tried to get the kid that went to Georgia over Caleb Williams. But anyway, having said that, what is your take? Do you think he's the quarterback guru and um, – or is he kind of uh, lucky of how they've kind of fallen on his lap? I think it's a little bit of both. Look, he runs a really favorable quarterback-friendly system. And, but when you're at a school like Oklahoma in the That's Big not 12. point. It's a really easy to fucking call him over there. Right. And, look, you're at, when you're at Oklahoma in that conference, you have more talent than everybody almost every single game by a lot, right? Let's be honest. The Pac-12's been down. A little bit better this year, but they don't play a lot of defense in the Pac-12. So right off the bat, in those two situations, if you have enough athletes and a decent enough trigger man with that system, you're going to score 40 points consistently. But you pointed out something that's really interesting. Forget the style of play or the production. Your quarterback's personalities all seem to be, as you call them, shitbirds. That can't just be a coincidence. Because Jalen Hurts is the only one that's not, and he was underneath the structure of Nick Saban. So that right. makes sense, doesn't it? Right, and he came from a very disciplined, structured household. His father played a huge role in his life. He was not ever going to be a disrespectful, immature human being. Uh, that's, just the, that's just the reality of it. Uh, I, look, if I'm a quarterback, a blue-chip, top-ten type of kid, would I want to play in Lincoln Riley's system? Because I know what it could bring me. Yes. But as an overall developer, as a player and a person, has there been a track record where something has been lacking? Well, again, let's list the guys he has coached and what they've become. Let, let me ask you this. Do you agree with me or, or with Jason on this? He's asked, he's kind of put it into, okay, well, look what they've done. Three Heisman. I said, well, look what they've done at the next level. Are we trying to have... NFL longevity and NFL Super Bowl victories? Or are we trying to win a Heisman and fucking just die out? Like, I'm, I thought the NFL was the ultimate end all it here is, but, and the ultimate goal. His guys haven't done that. But in all fairness, Lincoln Riley is a college coach. So he just cares about the four to five years I have a yes. player and I care about my pro. Look, Steve Spurrier, if you look at his run at Florida, he ran that fun and gun, right? His quarterbacks at the next level, you could tell, were never going to make it. From Shane uh, Matthews, and, uh, Horrible, yeah, Jesse Palmer. Uh, I think Rex Grossman may have been Rex his one first round pick. Right. But uh, everyone, and, but then people said, well, that is a tribute to Steve Spurrier and his system. And I don't disagree. 
I'm with you on that. From a college standpoint, Lincoln Riley works. Now, does he necessarily develop men? Um, I'm not sure about that. I know one thing about Lincoln Riley. His teams have never been good on both sides of the ball. And that was absolutely proven again by Utah, who bullied them a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. Caleb Williams is going to be the litmus test because Caleb seems to be athletically uh, really good, not that big. But again, and we talk about this. Who's that remind you of? Kyler Murray. Fucking right. He's Kyler Murray 2.0. Another He's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit bigger. But a lot of the stuff he does where he runs around for 10 seconds and throws off his back foot, around his back, around the head, no look. I don't know if that translates. And now it's fucking Matt Mahomes at 6'4". He does it. He's like Mahomes has a giveaway because he's a bigger, more big-time arm, more of a talent. These cats are going to do the same shit Mahomes is doing. Coach, I was actually looking forward to if USC won that game. I wanted to see Caleb Williams in that fancy offense play Georgia. I was I was really curious to see because Georgia's the most well-schooled defense, and they're physical, and they have NFL guys at every level, right? It would have been and, I, and I was thinking, wow, okay, let's see what Caleb Williams is about because the Pac-12. Let's face it. It's not the SEC, but and I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna even go a step further. The Pac-12's defense is so bad because they have to take what they can get. Yes, compared to Georgia getting taking what they want on defense, you Georgia. have to take, you get on on the Pac-12. So guess what? You're getting fucking these sporadic, athletic edge rushers who aren't disciplined, who fucking can't take on a puller. Uh, Georgia, you got fucking foundational talent there that's defensive line ready for the NFL. Pac-12, these motherfuckers are horrible. Caleb Williams can run around on the Pac-12 defense all day. He ain't doing that on Georgia. That's NFL-ready guys. Right. At at all three levels, Caleb's going to be interesting. And I I think I heard something. Would would Caleb Williams sit out next year to to save his – I'd be like, what? By the way, that's going to happen one day. There's going to be a third-year player that's just going to completely sit out the season – Oh, not I, risk- I, think he's gonna, I think he might do it. This guy might be the guy. Oh, okay. And if that's the case, I I put him right off my draft board. But they're not I, doing it no more. That's the crazy part. Like, that's – I don't know. Let me ask you this. Football players should play football. Uh, next year, uh, you, got, you got potential Heisman candidates. Caleb Williams returning. If he plays, we'll see. Drake May, North Carolina. Bo Nix, if he returns. Oregon. Michael Penix is coming back to Washington. Jordan Travis, Florida State kid. You got J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. You got J.T. Uh, Tumaloa from the Ohio State D lineman, who could yeah. be a that's going to be mentioned. Um, you got the Judkins kid, the Ole Miss running back. And then you have – I have no idea how, how you already can put Shadur Sanders in the mix here. What? Um, I don't even think he's a Division One quarterback at all. And then you got Harold Perkins Jr., the LSU linebacker. The and then you have the Clay Clubnick, Clubnick kid from Clemson and Joe Milton at Tennessee if he's the guy. But you're paying Nico, Long Beach kid. Yeah. I, I, raised, I grew up with his parents, $8 million to go to Tennessee. I think you got to play the kid if he's going to get $8 million. Um, who do you see winning it next year? And, and, and can it be a guy that's not even on this list? Because college football is so watered down. The guy that I'm very high on, and I thought was actually a dark horse Heisman until the last two games where they tailed off, Coach Drake May will be a top three pick whenever he comes out. 
at Carolina. He's big. He's athletic. He's strong. He put up big numbers. If he has enough help around him, and I believe his best receiver is Josh Downs, I believe is graduating. But Drake May, now you want to talk about a kid that can operate in the pocket and uses his athleticism in the correct fashion. It's not just scramble ball. Drake May looks like the prototype coach. And by the way, Klubnik out of Clemson, I believe Dabo Sweeney had a very, very difficult situation. And I think in the deepest recesses of his mind, he stuck with DJ too long. Cape Klubnik has the ability to anticipate throws, and he's very accurate, and he seems to have it. And if – see, this is interesting to me. Let's go back four or five years. When Trevor Lawrence was a freshman, Dabble said, you know, Kelly Bryant, you led us to a playoffs, but we'll never beat Alabama with your style of play. And, and he showed a lot of balls by saying, Trevor, you're my starter. Remember that? And look what happened. The team flourished and they blew out Bama that year because their ability to hit the seam, stretch the field, and hit targets of the field that Kelly Bryant simply couldn't, right? When you look at Cabe Klubnik, the ACC, I think, was all breathing a sigh of relief thing. Oh, you're not going to play your best quarterback. And look what happened. Because DJ, the last three, four games, was really bad. And he seems like a really nice kid. But he just does not have that arm talent or that ability to just see things that Klubnik can. Klubnik will be the next great Clemson quarterback coach. Trust yeah, me, I he's got so. it. I think so, too. But I'm wondering where Bijan Robinson is, who led the nation in basically every running back's category, plus the kid at, at Michigan. Those guys got to be included. I don't know how they're not. Yeah, Bijan Robinson, look, if Quinn Ewers can stay healthy, and if they're big-time receiver, Xavier Worthy, who there's always rumors about him not being happy, but good Lord, just stay at your school and develop there. If Sarkeesian can start winning games that he should, which has been an issue, um, Bijan should be a Heisman Trophy candidate. But the problem is, if Quinn Ewers blows up and has the year I think he will, then you start to split votes. So that, that becomes an issue. But Bijan... Everyone says that running backs should not be first-round draft choices, but that's proven to be untrue, that if you're good enough, you'll still go in the upper half of the first round. And I, I know he's leaving and all that, but I just thought he should have been mentioned this year for the Heisman. I, yeah. I, here, here, here's my thing. Uh, NFL running backs are a dime a dozen because they don't last very long, and that no. is why they say don't go first round. I think you could draft them first round and just understand, though, you're, the market value well, on these running backs in the NFL well, is only going to be three years, and you may not even get through that. Look at Saquon Barkley. Hopefully he gets through this yeah. year and plays, but you can see his career is not the same as it was when it started. No, but, Coach, nowadays to be an NFL running back that has any longevity or be uh, drafted high or get paid well, you better have pat catching skills. You better be – you just can't – you just – I don't think Adrian Peterson would be valued as much yeah. because he wasn't that great in the past game. But the guys that can go out there and do a little bit out into the flat, you can put them out into the slot. Those guys, like a Marshall Falk, would be the prototype of the modern-day running back. He could play all three downs. He could play a different position. Latanian, Bush. Right. Those type of guys will have always have a few. Like McCaffrey's that type of guy. You know, he's the type of guy that could do some stuff in the slot. You could wheel route him, do stuff of that nature. Bijan Robinson can do that, though. He, he is not just a tackle-to-tackle -tackle runner. But um, 
Yeah, that's an that's an interesting one. The Heisman Trophy race is going to be really interesting now because let's say Caleb Williams decides to do the right thing. Yeah, I said it, and just plays football. Once again, he's going to put up a lot of numbers in that USC offense out here on the West Coast. No, he will. Let me ask you this before you get out of here. Break down quarterbacks in the draft. I, we don't need to break them down, but who do you see have the most success? Anthony Richardson, to me, is a flat-out. No, made I don't a know mistake coming out. Made a mistake coming out. Yeah, and he made Jayden a mistake. Daniels, similar. Jaden Daniels, LSU, I don't see him translating. Hendon Hooker, don't see him translating. Jaron Hall at BYU, is he another Mormon MILF hunter? I don't know. <laughs> um, Jake Hayner is an interesting one. The kid I like him out of Fresno State, State right? Very NFL prototypical. Yeah. So is Tanner McKee, the kid at Stanford, but he gives me a lot of Mills vibes. Um, and then you got Will Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I, hate Le- I don't, don't like Levis at all. I, I don't either. And I, you, know, I, you know Levis is? Remember that movie Bull Durham? He's Nuke yeah. Nalouche, million-dollar arm, 10-cent head. He's one of these guys who's going to look great in shorts and a T-shirt, throwing 100 miles per hour, throwing through a brick wall, has no touch. That's what concerns me about Levis. You know the kid that I kind of like is a developmental quarterback. May not be a first-rounder, but you have to let him live and learn on the bench. I like DTR out of UCLA. He's a mature kid, doesn't have a great arm, but he's athletic. He's fairly accurate. And he's been patient with the whole process. I, I kind of like him as a third, fourth rounder. That's where we're translating to, transitioning to this type of guy in the NFL. But but we're not seeing great production in the NFL from these type of guys. No, you're not. Also, go back to your first guy, Anthony Richardson. He's a, a prodigious athlete. I mean, he's yeah. going to test well. Yeah, But I could see him in five years saying, okay, this experiment's over. Go play wide receiver. He just simply, look, he has a rocking arm. The problem is half the time he has no idea where it's going to land and where he's going with it. If you watch a lot of Florida games, and I did, there are large swaths of the game. There's no intermediate passing game because he simply is not accurate enough. He is a project. So if someone is going to draft him in the top 10, and really take a risk, I have two words, Trey Lance. That's what, it, that's what it seems like to me. I'm actually surprised Devin Leary is not declaring for the draft. Because if Devin Leary came out, he's an accurate passer, spins the ball well. Look, North Carolina State was having a really good year till he got injured. Couldn't win a game without him. I think Devin actually has an NFL future. And also, your guy Sam Hartman. You like I him. Has he declared that? I think he's the most NFL-ready guy. Right. So, yeah, so I think it's a really – I don't see a dominant quarterback, but you know this. They're all overdrafted now. They're all overdrafted. There's such a need for quarterback. They're, they're actually overvalued. No, Steve, I, I, is there – are we such in need? I don't know if we are. I think well, we Well, Brock are. Purdy may say, yeah, you're right, coach. We think we're in need because I think the owners see these shitty organizations are in need to fill the stands by hiring the splash quarterback or by signing the splash quarterback. But we got Cooper Rush out there. You got Kineke out here. You got these guys like Purdy. You got guys that are very, very suffice. They could very, very well get it done and build a roster around them. But yet we keep drafting these rookies that are fucking unproven and they come from systems where it's card read instead of verbiagely sold, and they don't even understand what the fucking protection is. Yeah. 
And now we're just wasted another pick on a guy and just keep turning it over. And then two years ago later, you're going to draft another quarterback. Yeah. And you and haven't coach, gotten better around your franchise. One of my favorite players in college football this year, and I thought he should have been invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony, at least, is Hendon Hooker. But one thing I noticed about Hendon, as much as I like him, he's, he's a little bit older. That's an issue, but he's a very mature individual. But one thing I noticed, in that system of Heifel, if that one side, that first read's not there, he kind of freezes. And thinking, ah, here's the problem. He can only read a quarter of the field. You could see it in games that if, if – teams that took away option one he kind of froze and his feet got really heavy and they sunk and i said ah that's going to be an issue um a quarter it was a quarterback that i like you know what by the way i like the kid at purdue i do like him yes. too i'm glad Penix is coming back at washington me too to really sharpen his skills getting back with kaylin DeBoer after really a bad year in indiana where it looked like he forgot how to throw a football Michael Penix will be a Heisman Trophy contender, and I think he has an NFL future. Because when I watch Washington, they're not just dinking or dunking. They actually attack the middle of the field. They have intermediate routes, and he throws a nice, soft, catchable pass from his southpaw arm. I kind of like – Penix is a guy I think people are going to have to really examine because I think he has a real NFL future. I agree. Uh, I like Penix. I did it in Indiana. My buddy recruited him in Indiana. Um, and then he followed his OC, his, his kid, uh, Florida kid that he took from him. He's he. I think he sees the writing on the wall. I, I, I can get better by staying with the guy that I know the system and I get better. Let me ask you this. Uh, McCoy, when he's on, when he's okay, he's 27 to 40 last night, 250, a pick. Um, he threw some errant balls, but he didn't have a touchdown. But he looks so much better and more in rhythm and tune with that offense than Kyler does. Another guy that we can live with in the NFL if you build around him. Or you keep Colt as a backup and you get – I think Kyler Murray is headed to the Major League Baseball. I, I think that's a possibility now. I will I, – I'm just going to make an assumption. It's my opinion. Don't have any inside sources. Guys like – Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, they may not admit it. They may never say it. But in their own mind, they're thinking, okay, now we have a quarterback that's going to get us the ball on time. That's good for us. Seriously. Yeah. That's, why I, that's why I hate the Lamar Jackson to the Jets move. There's no way. They got too many good wideouts. And they're going to waste those wideouts. And by the way, yesterday's game, look, Colt was not perfect. But, geez, th that team, they made so many little mistakes. Where the Belichick – look, by the way, the Belichick offense frustrates me and Mac Jones. Some of the things they do – let Mac play quarterback. Hey, can you have Patricia get off his fucking knees and yeah. everything? He's sitting there – he's sitting there like this. He – I just – yeah, he's – it's not – you can sense the frustration of Mac Jones, but it's not – Colt McCoy's fault when they throw a shot to, or a crossing route to Hopkins and Hopkins has the ball out here like a loaf of bread. And oh, I'm yeah, like, it's so bad. Nuke, you are a veteran receiver. Protect the ball. And then that thing got scoop scum uh, fumble for a touchdown. Th that game was there to be won by both teams. The difference is, and this is Bill Belichick football, they didn't beat themselves. That's the reality. I Look, Colt is fine. Colt is a serviceable National Football League quarterback, but I'm just telling you, the receiver room is probably saying, hey, guys, we're going to get the ball on time now. 
This ain't so bad. They are saying that. I, I agree fully. Hey, let me ask you this. Matt, I, I disagree with Matt on the 18-year-old thing. He thinks just because we can be drafted by the government that we're, we're adults. I don't believe we are adults at 18. I don't even believe we're adults. Some of us 25. But Kyler Murray is the fucking perfect example of no, you cannot. He, he's 24 and not a fucking adult yet. Like, well, look, 18 when years old, I don't believe you have the right. I, I mean, I believe I know you have the right. I don't think you understand what's really going on in life yet. And I don't think we can make these decisions regarding this transfer portal and the ability to keep transferring and, and getting this money and basically turning this into a player-driven profession. At the end of the day, I, I don't want the, what do they say, the inmates running the asylum. And that's what seems to be happening more and more. There is a difference between being mandated to go into the army for a war at age 18 and having the ability to actually run your own life properly. I think those are two different things. Um, In the, the football issue, world, Steve, we say there's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Right. And now the Indians are running everything, it seems like. And when coaches now, I guess I'm hearing stories where coaches now, I think Zach Smith said it on a show uh, yesterday or the day before. He said, you know, coaches now are making in-home visits to their own players yes. to make sure they're not leaving. I'm yes. like, what? Oh, yes. God. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. That's why I'm like, dude, I just, if you want to go, get the fuck out. Because this is the thing. If you're a loyal guy as a coach and you are, let's just say I'm bought, you're bought into me, my style. You know I'm real. I'm genuine. I'm going to get you to the next level. If you have to question my, me and, and and go flirt and test the waters, then there's no fucking point on you staying with me. You're unloyal, you're disloyal, and you need to go. That is why I would absolutely never take a motherfucker back. It is just a, it's not only an, e, it's, we all have egos in this profession. It's more of an integrity thing because I can sleep at night knowing that I'm going to bed working on helping the next kid. I'm not going to beg you to give me effort. Effort requires zero fucking talent. So if you don't want to come and just because I'm grinding you or you're demanding some more of you than the next guy and you want the easy way out, you're not going to play for me anyway. But sometimes, dude, it just – I, I you I imagine doing that, that job as a Division One coach having to re-recruit 60 guys in addition to having to recruit 25 new ones. But we want to give the kids the same autonomy as the guy, as the that coach. That is ridiculous. No, the kid is the resource. They don't have the same right, in my opinion, as the coach who has to do what you just said he has to do to keep his job. I'm just telling you, JB, start making these letters of intent multi-year deals. Lock everyone in then. I know people aren't going to like it. The wokesters aren't going to like it. Everyone's going to say these kids are being victimized. Hey, can I just tell you something? I've talked to so many players, the guys that didn't go pro, that said, you know what? And, and I, I know one uh, very well, Claude Jones. He started two years at Miami, won three national titles. Okay. He lost four games in five years as a college football player. He's now a doctor in Cleveland, Dr. Claude Jones. And I called him yesterday because Jimmy Johnson – actually mentioned him in the book as saying, look, you talk about football, but we recruited great people and we did great things for them. Um, you get a free education. And those things are very expensive. You get fed as a scholarship player. 
for the most part. You get fed. There's a training table. You get academic support. You can even go to summer school if you want it, no cost. You get, you get mental health now. What, what is the value? Have we completely – and I don't want to hear players that say, well, they just used me. Yeah, but maybe you never cared about your academic future either, though. That goes – I see this in boxing all the all the time. Guys who have had good careers say, well, boxing did this, this, and that because they don't have any money left. And I, and I, I kind of think to myself, okay – how many cars did you buy? How much jewelry did you waste your money on? How many baby moms did you have? Maybe it's you. In my view is more players have to go into this situation saying, look, I want to go to one school and I want to get my degree and make the most out of it there. And if football goes any further, it's a blessing. But too many of these players and their parents or their handlers have this mentality that if we don't make the NFL and get that bag, we haven't made it. And I don't think they understand the percentages of people that actually make it all the way. And even then, Coach, if you make it to the National Football League, that average career is about three and a half seasons. Look at this stat. Like, this is two years old right here. 50% of these kids don't even get out of the portal. But yet we have 50,000 in the portal. I have a question for the general media that is that – I don't know if they have the guts to do this, but will they do stories and interview these kids who regret going into the portal, who actually love the original program that they were with, and then they say, well, now, nah, yeah, I was stuck in a bad situation. I never got back. Sometimes you are just meant to be that backup or special teams player that is valued by the program. They'll let you finish out your eligibility, and you can graduate with a great degree and a lot of memories and friends. There's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. So I, I I would hope the media starts to cover this angle, saying, hey, guys, this is a cautionary tale. Sometimes you're just good where you're at. I'm just telling you, Steve, I've done a little data on this. Mm. The guys that leave because they were the backup and they enter the portal, matter of days, sometimes weeks, but sometimes days, the starter gets hurt and you could have been yeah. the starter. Now right. you're in the portal stuck. Exactly. And so I just, to me, these kids have to realize maybe you're good enough to go to your school. If football ends, the, the day your eligibility expires, you've still done well. And I just really sad. Um, and also, I it's hard to even keep up with the team now. You really don't know who's on your team. That's why I don't do it. It's so much bullshit. I'm like, dude, I don't even want to watch you no more. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, I know you stayed on long, man. I appreciate it. Um, the, the guy, the head coach for Texas basketball, Coach Beard, oh uh, put on suspension um, for uh, basically choking and biting his fiance. <sighs> like, how do you bring this guy back? You don't. You can't. Not nowadays. Look, and I'm not. You got to preach to your kids. Don't hit women. Treat yeah. women right. right. Like, how the fuck do you go back? There may have been an era where you could have rehabbed his image. Yeah, Jerry Tarkanian. Or swept it under the rug. Or if he would have won enough, just overlooked it. That, those days no longer exist, and it's out there in the media sphere. Um, right. those, Chris, those, those just don't exist anymore. Chris Bird, I, I believe, coached his last game at Texas. That's Ooh, my, my view of it. I think it's, I think it's pretty cut and dried. Um, I told people that 
the NBA is renaming the MVP after Jordan in the latest release. We're giving out MVP trophies to everyone. It seems like everyone should get a player. I'm waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for the um, load management award. I'm waiting for that trophy to be Why made. Why should be named after Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be Kawhi Leonard's gonna be. <laughs> That's gonna be a laughing trophy. Uh, I, I'm just saying. Once Greg Popovich and the NBA started pushing that, I said, okay, slippery slope. Slippery slope. Be careful what you ask for. It is all the gener- all this shit stacked up to what we have going on right now. Load management transfer portal. Let's let's yeah. same shit. Like coach, and I, back uh, in, coach, back in the olden days of the NBA when it was prehistoric, they played 82 games. These guys took commercial flights. They didn't have private chartered jets. They actually flew coach. And these guys were seven feet, six, nine, cramped in, flight delays. And they never did load management. I don't want to hear that crap. You know what, guys? Go out less. Take care of your bodies. Drink more water and sleep more. That's your load management. Lay off the weed. Let me ask you, know, you this. And, and coach, they didn't have, in the, back in the olden days, some of these athletes had to get second jobs in the off season. I know. So I don't want to hear load management. All of them. Hey man, it's a a pleasure. I'm gonna. I I do a Super Bowl party every year. So if you're not coming, come by. I'll I'll, I'll probably come down before that too, though. All right. Yeah, definitely come by. Yeah, let me let me know. We're gonna. uh, You play poker? No, I really don't. I don't play pie gal either. So it's not an Asian thing. I was gonna say (laughs) what's no, but I want to hang out with some football guys, talk some football, eat some of your great. Uh, the way you can grill, you're the grilla, grilla, killer. Hey, man, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, you got to come down. Before, I'm, I'm not going to Dallas anymore, so I'm staying uh, for this. I'm staying here. And then, uh, like I said, if you're not doing nothing this weekend, I'm here. If you yeah, want to absolutely. Food. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll yeah, probably will do a, a, a big thing. So Super Bowls be, uh, would be pretty I'll be there for uh, sure, though. That's, this is my RSVP right bar, now. Bar, everything. Okay, cool. So we'll talk soon, brother. All right, man. Peace. Appreciate you. Steve Kim, always a pleasure. Uh, coming on in. He's great. Matt's great. Appreciate everybody coming on. Uh, we're going to get after it here uh, tonight, today, uh, tomorrow uh, morning, back at it, 6 a.m. Um, and uh, I got to try to work on getting my Instagram back. They deleted my Instagram yesterday uh again of course i gotta deal with that uh it's always some bullshit the bot that has three followers can report you instagram deletes you and the three bot following guy keeps his page <laughs> so guess what if they don't reinstate me i you will not see me on instagram ever again i got my coach jb store i got my slapstick cigars but and it sucks because instagram was starting to pay me so that's ah, kind of fucked up, but it is what it is. Uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Uh, head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you 20% off on all merch all the way through New Year's. Go on over there and check it out. Get you some. Uh, hey, you know what, Joey B? I, I've never watched World Cup. I have no idea about the World Cup. I don't know shit about the World Cup. I couldn't tell you nothing about soccer football, whatever you call it. Uh, I think it is a fucking waste of time, but that's just me. I know the world loves it. Kudos to you guys. Uh, I couldn't tell you who the fuck's even in the World Cup, but that's just me being real. Uh, Rest in peace, Mike Leach. I will see you back 
tomorrow, 6 a.m. right here on the West Coast. Chase Sr. joins me. Plus, we may have uh, Jason Hart, NBA, former NBA player, plus a few other guys maybe joining us tomorrow morning. Appreciate you guys all coming in. Head on over to CoachABStore.com. Head on over to Believe, uh, or, sorry, BetOnline.ag and get you uh, 50% off using the promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Dip CBD, go get you some of that as well. Cleanest way to dip right here using my promo code CoachJV. Always pleasure. Appreciate you guys, man. And, uh, hey, man, hug your loved ones, man. You never know when they'll be gone. See you tomorrow. Peace.